Welcome to the MMM Show. Happy Halloween, everyone. This is Casey at Lucha Gringo, bringing you a very special Halloween greeting because I'm not going to be on the live portion of the show this week. I have school once again, but I wasn't going to pass it the chance to get on my corpse paint and wish you motherfuckers a happy Halloween. And if you're handing out candy this year, give out the good stuff. If you're the kind of person that gives out circus peanuts, just stop listening to this fucking podcast right now. I'm not going to be on it much anyway. You might as well all stop listening. But this is Casey at Lucha Gringo. This is the MMM Show. Happy Halloween. Be cool and stay in the mix. Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I am your host, the Outlaw LA Red. <laughs> you can find me on what are you doing? Are you still reacting to Casey's pre-tape? Well, anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Justin Harvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMM Show75. Byron, we sat here for 20 minutes, played right, the Casey gonna- thing. What's up, Jim? What's going on, I'm, Jimmy Five? I'm going to interject just to distract everyone from Byron. Uh, you can find me at at the Jimmy V on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, Byron needed to get his mask on. Lucha Click oh. at Byron Fever. Woo! I hope you wear that for the rest of your life, please. I'm going to a party well, tonight. I'm going to wear it at the party. Thanks for to Casey, though. Casey, I don't think uh, the professor realized that he is, in fact, going to be on this podcast in in quite some detail, in fact, because I have found the lost episode. Byron, uh, I'm, Byron, cons- you, I'm, I'm concerned. sorry, masked masked. What is your what, what is your masked persona? I am El Masked Luchador Numero <laughs> Dos. It's Spanish. Just I don't want to translate it to you. I don't think you would get it. But it's authentic. Trust me. You know, after CM Roach was on last week, uh, Chris Roach, like, ratings are up. Ratings were good, Byron. Yeah. And I feel like you're you're trying to impact that negatively. If you want the ratings to go up, I'll just start doing push-ups on camera. Oh, yeah. That would do it. That would not do it at all. <laughs> Um, I'm the future so, hey, Lucha Libre champion of all time. Wait for it. I do have one big piece of news. I have one big, big piece of inside news. What do you think it's about? Uh, UFC. Nope, not UFC. Does it, have, four? does it have to do with the Fire Pro Wrestling match that I was working on? And I had to pause. It's definitely was- not about. It's not about uh, Fire Pro, and. Sadly, it's also not about season four. Is it about Kushida? Uh, no, the big piece of news that I have is that Kevin Cross does, in fact, have the case. Oh, he still has it. <laughs> he still has it. <laughs> That's it. That's all the news for this week, man. And Everybody thank you. <laughs> Thanks for staying in the mix. I would, I would, would you even call that a minor oversight? I would consider that a major oversight, right? I don't know. That's, I, I, that's a pretty big oversight, I think. How about this? I don't know. Like, how about 
you can ask Taya to bring in a title, but would you ask Kevin Cross, hey, come in for a photo shoot and leave all your shit here? <laughs> no, obviously, they would need someone else that Cross would know to bring in the briefcase and they would do the photo shoot. If I got the call and it's like, let's just say someone with the last name of um, Pena, just as a wild guess, I'm making some up. That's and, like almost close to an accurate pronunciation. That's still completely wrong, but great. I like and, what you did there. No, I'm authentic, hombre. <laughs> okay, so chill out. Hombre. And, um, and so basically if someone says, hey, bud, hey, amigo, can you go over to Kevin Cross's house, take something that means a lot to him, and then come and give it to me? It's totally cool. I would think... Maybe I'll just do something else. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> you went a long way for that, Byron. Like a long, <laughs> long, long way. That was pretty much the good. aristocrats joke, but there was no punchline. The aristocrats. And then he vomited in her butthole. Okay, well, that's, that's closer to the joke. Lovely. Um, you called it out. What did you, what did you want, Jimmy? Jimmy Five is making it blue. Go blue. Apparently, there's World Series going on. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> what? You live in Los Angeles. Or no, you don't live in Los Angeles anymore, do you? No. The Yankees, one, are out. Two, hockey is the only sport that matters. That isn't sports entertainment. Three, fuck the Dodgers. Come at me. Oh, damn. Wow. Wow. Heel well, Byron gotta, is back. You give a shit now. You're not going to give a shit in a week. He's not wrong. Uh, yeah, not I wrong. mean, it is an L.A. team. That's kind of the way it goes in L.A. It's like we don't even remember what all teams we have when they're not, like, in the playoffs. <laughs> I know people who – I know a lot of people who are Dodger fans, but they also didn't give a fuck if they won or lost. Go Doyers. I was I, – I really was hoping for an Indians-Dodgers World Series, but uh, that didn't go my way. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland okay. Cat At least I got to – uh, yeah. I'm wearing a mask though because I'm a little nervous about what is on this found episode because we recorded it over it's been documented well over a year and a half ago I don't know what was said right right I mean and at the time we knew we were recording something that we wouldn't hear for at least a year so let me explain this to, to folks that that don't know what we're talking about um, right after Ultima Lucha Trace live, the actual performance and the actual weekend of the tapings, which was a crazy weekend for all of us, we did two episodes. And this was back when the podcast was still audio only. It was right before we switched to video. In fact, um, we switched to video be between seasons two and three. And um, we just got into the little booth and went, nuts and recorded all of our live thoughts and reactions um, to Ultima Lucha Trace from when it happened live. Nothing to do with the TV taping, nothing with what you guys saw presented on TV a couple weeks ago. And then we just filed it away. And then we did a second regular episode where we didn't say anything uh, spoilery on purpose. Like we had to get all the spoilery stuff out of our system. So um, you know, we talked about it on the show last week and we've kind of discussed our, our current thoughts. 
having seen it taped a year and a half ago and having seen it on television, but it'll be very interesting to see what the live reactions were. And I haven't listened to this thing. No one has heard this thing since the day we recorded it. We literally recorded it, filed it away, and we we have it here now for your enjoyment. Um, and I really have no clue what is in there. What do you think's in there, Byron? Uh, if there's any indication of what I fear is in there, I'm wearing a mask tonight. <laughs> well, in <laughs> fact, you are. Uh, and Jim is lucky because Jim wasn't involved in I wasn't in that, there. I mean, I was bar. present for the event, but I was not there for the recording. So, Jimmy, what do you remember from the event that you could talk about? Because you're uh, not going to be on the recording. What was it like to you for you? to be at the premier wrestling event of 2017 that was filmed in 2012. <laughs> I think it was that long ago. Uh, I remember being incredibly hot because they were, they taped it in the middle of the summer. And I remember not having a voice. I'm pretty, I'm almost positive. Most of us didn't have a voice because we lost it the previous day after Mainly after the Hell of War match. Hell of War, for sure, yeah. So uh, I just remember trying to yell and trying to start chants, and basically it was all unsuccessful because <laughs> nothing came out. I was like, ah, ah. Yeah, Casey but, was pretty far gone, too. I remember uh, that this was when we were waiting in line for a really long time, and it's like, how early in the morning are we going to wait? And oh, this yeah. is when... Like at 11 o'clock the night before on Friday night, because uh, I had a friend that, uh, you know, I had a friend coming into town, uh, like right. on a red eye flight, and I was just going to, we were going to go, I was going to the airport. They were just going to go straight in line at three in the morning. I thought, well, this is ridiculous and dumb, um, but it'll be fun. It's part of the whole thing. And I go there and I'm like, maybe top 10 in the line. And on like 11 p.m. on Friday night, someone tweeted out a picture of themselves online. We're here, everyone, come on and start waiting in line. And people started doing it, and that's fucking. Well, why stupid. not? Yeah. They were already there. They didn't care yeah. if everyone else sucks, but they didn't I, have enough foresight to realize that the next day would be even more fucked, which was the day I had to go and wait. Uh, yeah, I remember this vividly. Now this is all came rushing back to me. I remember yeah. after not after day one. I went home and went straight to bed because I'm like, I'm going to have to get my ass up early for the waiting line again. I somehow wake up in the middle of the night at like four, four 30 in the morning. And I just, I'm just like, you know, what? let me check my phone. So I went on Twitter and I saw Justin had tweeted that he was in line. And I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm heading to the temple. And I drove my ass to the temple, got there at like four 30. And I'm like, well, I'm here now. And this is for the line for the line right yeah. this is not even the actual line this is yeah this is the line to get tickets to wait in line and i just remember like being there like it's dark and everyone is just like assed out tired sleeping in their chairs stands the person whoever it was i don't even remember who had a tent in the front of the line we should have everyone... a tent on fire and fuego <laughs> everyone was like who the fuck is in the tent because people were kind of like knocking on it or like who's in there and no one answered and i we remember didn't even someone know the tent people out. yeah, no, yeah we didn't know guy, who they were the temp, tent guy came out and he was not a uh he was not a lucha click believer he was not somebody that any of us knew and we were all just like what the fuck he's smart <laughs> yeah. though he's smart that's what we should have done but then like you have a tent and then it's like urban's there getting wasted and you're like well i want to drink with urban 
<laughs> That's right. Well, but the funny thing yes. is, it felt like almost all that was irrelevant anyway, because you guys got put up in the VIP section. We got put in like, I was me with uh, Smashley in the heels, like in the second row yeah. of uh, section G, because first row was VIP or whatever. So, well, I mean, and, and VIP, just so those who are listening don't think that that's a good thing. The VIP section is, is not where you want to be at the temple. In fact, that was, uh, that was an upgrade for us because we actually had standing room tickets and that's why we wanted yeah. to be there so early because we needed to be at the front of the standing room line because then as VIPs didn't show up or washed out, whoever was at the very front of that line got pulled in to be the seat fillers. But also, so, we know that in season two, there were maybe a hundred people. I don't quote me on the number. Don't quote <laughs> me. But there was a large portion of standing room people, or just people in general, who were in line, who didn't get in at all. At all. Yeah, I think most people still actually got in this time. Um, and what happened too was, um, didn't we? We got upgraded after intermission the second day a second time like didn't get even better seats or something i don't even remember no no the second time um we we were in line for standing room and then they just plucked us out to put us in uh some seats yeah yeah i, I remember that like, you guys were up you guys were up in the balcony section and i saw yeah. i saw you guys getting pulled i was like oh thank god we got to yeah. sit next to the illustrious ryan nemeth <laughs> i've never AKA. felt so honored in my whole life AKA that was Brian all day two. Day two. Yes. He was awesome to sit with, in case you've ever. Him and an unnamed moth's girlfriend sat near us. And <laughs> and I've never I've never felt so honored to sit next to two extremely bored people my whole life. <laughs> well, we should have known that Drago was gonna win because I think the only reason we got pulled to someplace halfway decent this the second day was Pentagon. because Evie Dub wanted that shot of Pentagon or uh, Casey when Pentagon won. Yeah. That was so poetic watching that shot. I was just like, oh, of course they go on Casey. I wish I was sitting. I wish I was the one who was next to Casey at the time. And right on the win, I could have just broken his arm. <laughs> well, I loved how for that episode, Byron, they showed you in two different spots, which they have a tendency of doing. I'm, I'm quick on my feet, dude. If you haven't <laughs> noticed, pay attention. Well, we, I uh, on my feet and I wear two different shirts in certain episodes, so <laughs> sure. Keep it, we, you know. There's a great shot of me in episode 99 wearing an episode 100 shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. Well, they handed them out a little too early. Like, not everything in the second half of the day was for episode 100. They still did, one. I think, one match for episode 99 in the second half of the day after they told us we were allowed to put our episode 100 shirts on. Um. <laughs> well, I loved how in the hundredth episode they did a crowd shot of me, which was taken from Ultima Lucha. So right. nothing makes sense. Well, they just so wanted they to make sure that you were there and represented. Yeah, that's a good point. I wasn't actually there for the hundredth episode, so I'm glad I was there. And I, was, I think I was. I was the only one of us that made it somehow. I don't quite know how that happened. I think it's the only time I've ever gone by myself. Um, but yeah, there was a lot that went down that day. That was the Joey Ryan uh, and Ricky Reyes cop fight was yeah. was the first half of the day. Yeah, you, you didn't and tell then, us that was even set up, which is insane. The, but I uh, guess you guys had no idea what it was about at the time. 
No, no, they did a ring announcement. Like Dario came out, like something that didn't air. They oh. they basically told us what was happening a little bit. Um, what else was that day? Candice LeRae wrestled Dark that day, and just yeah, Candice did not Havoc, yeah. Yeah, I was at. A, then, I, wish uh, I saw her wrestle. I was at an NXT thing where they had a women's battle royal before the tournament, and she came out and she was the most over, and everyone was cheering for her, and then someone eliminated her, and we all booed. But <laughs> it's really cool to actually see her. I mean, it's not like seeing her PWG in a in a guerrilla warfare match, but it's still pretty cool. Um, what else happened that day? Uh, I, oh, I believe that was the day that Melissa Santos wrestled. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you guys missed oh, yeah. that too, and she was actually pretty darn good. I was I was impressed. I thought she was not going to be a, a, that ready to go, but she came in and she hit her spots, and she was actually pretty damn on. It, it clearly looked like she had gone over those spots a lot of times, <laughs> but that's yeah. fine. Like if you're going to do it, that's what you're supposed to do. Like some yep. people get that one match celebrity spot or something and just kind of phone it in, but she definitely did not phone it in. Um, and then did. of course Ray Matanza was that day, and. Uh-huh. Like Ray got lawn darted right in front of me so many times, like where I was literally picking him up and Matanza was looking at me like, dude, don't, don't do that. You need to leave him down there. (laughs) (laughs) It was bad. It was, it was kind of, that one was really surreal too, because it was just kind of like, oh, well, that's the destruction of Ray. And we haven't seen him since, except for that little televised clip. Like nobody saw him in the temple ever again after that. We'll find out. We'll find out in season four when the Lucha Underground returns to the temple and I get my 100 episode shirt. Finally, <laughs> we've all been Wait, waiting. If you, get, if you get an episode 100 shirt, I'm hoping they have extras. Hey, as well. stay, out of, stay out of my business, Jimmy. <laughs> also, no, listen, though, but Jim yeah. should actually get one because they cut him into the episode. So, like, <laughs> I'm officially in that episode. So, yeah, even though I wasn't there, I'm in it. We're trying to have MMM show. How many M's do we have? Uh, it's four or five, somewhere in there. We have mm, show shirts that we're trading for a 100 episode. Yeah, but shirt. he's in the episode. They have to retcon it and finish it completely by actually giving him the shirt and making him say that he's been wearing it ever since. Yep. Well, let's reboot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, Byron. We're trying to help out the product here. We're trying to keep it all realistic. Too late to, sh- too late to shoot uh, pickups. Never too late. Never too late. I know it's too late because I don't want to shoot pickups or any show that I've done. By the way, I'm going back out to Florida. So, Krabs, suck my dick. I see you in the chat and fuck off. I'm going to be in your state soon. So, <laughs> there's no chat, Byron. We're taping this. But I mean, I just know he's there. <laughs> okay. In the non existent chat. In the non existent live chat. If there was a chat, he would be saying something right now about how he lives in. I don't know, near Fort Lauderdale or something. Or um, I, don't, I don't know. Whatever, Krabs. Just because I'm going to Florida doesn't mean that we have to be friends. No one likes you. <laughs> Sorry, Casey's in here, and I'm just, I don't know where to point my anger at. Well, Casey, I, I love Casey's little message at the top of the show that he left for his denizens of deliciousness or whatever he calls the listeners of our show. Hey, um, I tried to make that a hashtag. It didn't really catch on. Denizens of deliciousness. Oh, I love it too, though. Too much spelling. 
Yeah, that's fine. But that's good because anyone who is that will, will know actually like the two people who actually care. <laughs> because if anybody care? ever quotes that, they've clearly listened to this show way, way too many times. How about I'm actually going to right now. How about a hashtag, <laughs> where are the Lucha Underground replica championship belts? Hey, did either of you guys read, uh, what was it, Cult Icon's uh, supposed season four, episode one write-up? No, I heard what no. Casey calls him, and I don't say those words in public. Oh, yeah, Casey, Casey's not a very nice guy. I, I kind of read it, and it's like, I didn't dislike it at all. You should read it. I don't, I'll, I'll post a link to it on the MMM show page. Okay. It's kind of fun. Like, and they say that they're going to try to do one every week that they're still going to, to basically book the show by just writing a review for an episode that hasn't aired or may not ever air. <laughs> so they're kind of writing their own version of the show. Didn't we do that? And what they did with sexy star was kind of fun. I won't ruin it for anybody, but <laughs> it's kind of a fun read, but I was like, the bad thing is I hope DJ doesn't read this because if he does, that means he'll never do any of the things that they write. Cause that's but, DJ. There's no way in hell he'll ever read something that somebody else wrote that he should do with his show and then turn around and actually do it. That will never happen. That's true. But I think they already have episode four written like they're well, they, I think I'm sure they've already started it as far as they could while they were still working. Yeah. I mean, Roach kind of alluded to that. And, and from what I had heard early in season three, that they had already written, you know, some storylines and some arc stuff, not necessarily specific episodes, but they'd written out a lot of the arc for season four that they were hoping for um, based on the talent that they were told that they were allowed to write for. Yeah. I mean, he made a lot of time was still most people. He made a lot of really good points with regards to long form story arcs or long season story arcs with the whole Pentagon getting the belt, trying to showcase the, the break kind of jamming up their plans and making it seem like putting Pentagon on the side was a lot longer than intended and having sexy star serve a purpose for Mundo, as opposed to what, you know, what we all complained about was we looked at that as celebrating either celebrating a horrible worker and a horrible person in the industry or, or like hot shotting and not committing to a women's movement. And I just, see, I, and honestly, even at the time I didn't feel either way. I didn't think that sexy yeah. star was a great choice to, to have the strap, but then I, I, I enjoyed the comedy of her losing it a week later. Ah. <laughs> I didn't really have an issue with that part of it at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of felt, I mean, I don't like it going into it when I saw it. I kind of saw the momentum and I felt like, see, after seeing the momentum and seeing the response of her winning, I felt that she should have kept it longer. But I also didn't think that she should have been the one to win it beforehand. But I could well, see I've... it made sense for her to win it and Mundo to steal it from her. That whole putting it in that perspective, it makes sense. But you can't force everyone to look at it and that perspective i'd still love for her to come back as a heel in season four if there's a season four all right so what are you guys what are your predictions for season four of what we've been left with you know my, i guess my let me start with my first question for you guys do we ever see ray mysterio and lucha underground again oh jimmy you go first uh, i mean i just feel like i just feel like if if they have the budget for it i can see it but i I don't see him coming back. They might just leave it open-ended, like with him in the jail cell like the entire time, even though he'll be wrestling for other companies. 
They just occasionally check back in and it's the same shot. They just took like a five minute shot of him in the jail cell and they just yeah. cut back to 30 seconds of it. I don't know if they can contractually keep using that shot. It's basically uh, the equivalent of uh, it's the equivalent of Conan. It's the equivalent of using that same shot of DJ Jazzy Jeff getting thrown out of the house. <laughs> of Fresh yeah. Prince. It's just That's recycled just over and over. They didn't change his clothes? If you no, know, you know so. whenever he, he's always wearing that shirt oh, whenever right. he's about to get thrown out. So it's I like always shot. pre-planned. That's a great show. Remember the episode where Will Smith cried? He's a good actor. <laughs> You're a jerk. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. West sucked. I mean, I don't know the specifics of, of Ray's uh, contract. I mean, he's got one of the stranger contracts out of everyone in Lucha Underground. And I, man, I can't even tell you guys how much I get asked in the DM about things with different people's contracts and this, that, and the other thing. It's like, if you have a question to ask me about a performer that you are hoping comes back to Lucha Underground, just ask me about that specific performer at this point, because everybody's situations are so freaking different now. Like people are trying to figure out, Oh, well, how are these AAA guys in TNA and blah, blah, blah. It's because they have separate contracts with AAA and those guys were licensed to MGM. And yes, they do have separate MGM contracts, but their primary contracts are still with AAA. So AAA is still allowed to license them internationally however they want. And it doesn't violate the no compete clause if AAA does it through their original contract. But if they were to do it on their own and they're still under their MGM contract, then they could be held in account for that and not be allowed to do it, which is why none of the American indie guys who all signed up through to Lucha underground without going through AAA, they're not allowed to perform on American TV because they're not being licensed internationally by AAA, which I know is like confuses the shit out of people, but that just is what it is. Right. Was yeah. Mundo signed with AAA beforehand then? Because is that why he can appear on impact? I'm still confused about that. He's, he's like the he's, only one. Well, him and Taya, I believe, uh, did have triple A contracts. And I think that's why they're able to do it. I think that's why they're able to show up there, which is also goes to showing you why she doesn't really have heat with triple A. I think they set up that whole thing for her. And that whole thing was a work with her and Vampiro and Mundo. The only part that that wasn't a work was sexy stars swooping in and her being pissed about it, that they wanted to put the belt on her you know, because she wasn't going to come to certain dates on short notice. Which, by the way, I'd like to give props to all three of them because I was in San Diego for Comic-Con and other people who shall remain unnamed uh, who know other people in the wrestling business are like, oh, yeah, it's totally shoot. And I'm like, this isn't well, work. They're no, like, it's a shoot. But because Taya, Taya was legit pissed about the sexy star side of it, right. I think she was legit pissed about giving up the belt yeah but i think that's where it ended everything after that was a work and you know it was just like really you guys are gonna strip my belt and do try to do it a shady way just because you want to put it back on gabby or dulce or whatever the frick her name is like she's an undefeated boxer treat her with respect yeah a boxer who doesn't know how to operate a proper 10 count yeah she doesn't i mean (laughs) Whatever, she's undefeated. She's never had to stand up before the count of 10 before. That's how good of a boxer she is. Back off. <laughs> super sad. Super, super duper sad. All right, so what do you... 
what's the sexy star prediction? When we talked to Evie Dub, he yeah. made it sound like uh, he has no desire to work with her going forward. But I can't see I can't see her getting brought back, even though they left her open ended. I think she gets season. brought back. My opinion is it's going to be a long while before we actually see something. So I think there's going to be a long bit of figuring what the show is like where the what the show is and where the show is and then after that they figure out who the show is and i think they're going to look at who is left over and in my opinion they're not going to have everyone coming back so then they're going to try and get the big stars back that they have and she's one of the people that i think is in a position to say yes to coming back that's true but the thing is is that even if they do if they, if it's their decision to bring her back Who's going to want to work with her? She's already been blackballed by everyone. Everyone. Well, She's but she hasn't, been blackballed. she hasn't been blackballed by AAA. And the thing is, I think that when it comes back, where they're going to start is where they started the first time, and that's Dorian. Yeah. I think they're going to go to Dorian and say, okay, first of all, who's available from AAA? Because, look, Lucha Libre FMV still is running – certain extent they don't control the mgm contracts they don't control anyone's television contracts but they are still in charge of talent relations vampiro is still the director of talent relations for lucha underground and triple a so i think they're going to say hey what guys do you have down there that want to come and try to work this thing that we can get visas for i think they're going to hit the triple a roster up first and and she's one of those people yeah so but but you heard Roach say it like he has already thought about what to do with her as a heel. If they bring her up here, there is no way she can go into the temple as a baby face when she first comes back. Like I a hope. whole lot will have to change between now and whenever they start filming and whenever they start airing for her to be a baby face on Lucha Underground. I hope it's you guys remember a lot of the same people, and I hope people remember Triple Mania. I mean, I don't know. We don't know when it's going to happen, but I hope. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember the pop that Pentagon got, like when season three like debuted, like the first episode? Monster pop. I imagine it's going to be the equivalent. The heat will be equivalent to that for Sexy Star when she makes her appearance in the temple. But that, that I mean, but that makes her huge. Yeah. I also think that's so over. Like, if you have yeah. that kind of heat, dude, this is the wrestling business. It's like yeah. nothing is sacred and nothing lasts forever. Like, they'll take a lot of flack, and it might make Evie Dub especially queasy and sick to his stomach, but this is the wrestling game, man. If you know somebody is that universally hated, the first thing you do is book them. Yeah. If they have that much real-life heat, you book the shit out of them. Now, these little indie promotions can't do that, but one of the big shows like TNA or Lucha or, or you know, WWE could book her as a heel tomorrow and it would totally be over. Yeah, to that point, I think if you're a worker and you think you can make someone, you can make money with someone, you value that over everything. There's been a lot of wrestlers who have had big feuds with people they hate. There's, I mean, Kevin Sullivan, Chris Benoit. Benoit was stealing his wife in the middle of the whole thing. Sullivan, uh, you know, was totally professional throughout the whole thing. Never took liberties with uh, Benoit and put on a good program with the guy who was taking his wife. And Benoit respected him for that. And 
you know, there's lots of instances of that where you value making money with someone over a personal vendetta. And, and I also did that story end with a really happy ending too, Byron, oops. didn't it? <laughs> oops. I didn't mean to make it depressing, but also it's also, <laughs> it's like, Sorry. imagine you're, imagine like you're being thrown in a program with sexy star and you're Ivelisse, right? Or Taya or someone, one of the no, other God, Oh God, I hope it's Ivelisse. I mean, she would yeah. benefit so greatly from that. And yeah. she could just go hard with that little girl all day long and nobody would mind. And it would get so over. She would be the most over baby face ever if she yeah. could work a program with, with a heel sexy star. I mean, to me, I think I personally think Ivelisse is better with Sammy because then she can, she could push herself as far as she can go physically. Well, I, mean, I think that's where she starts season yeah. four, but man, if they ramped it into a feud with sexy star, but that would be great. I think though, if you're in a match with sexy star, and you're doing it like you just you come out and you address it with her in one way, shape, or form. It could be if you're a hothead or not, you go up to and you say, "We're gonna do a match. We're gonna put on the best match we can. And if you if you try any shit with me, I'm gonna fuck you up in the ring or backstage. But I'm gonna get you." All right. Well, let's address the most important concern for season four. Um, what are they going to do with Carmen Perez and how much is she going to be in season four? That's I really the most important question, right? Carmen, Carmen Perez, I think, should be the new Lucha Underground champion. I mean, I don't see anyone else able to <laughs> defeat Pentagon, but Carmen Perez coming down to the ring, um, definitely giving high fives in our section. And then uh, mostly. And then beating Pentagon, I think it's a foregone conclusion. She's the top star of the show. Well, and then I think, it turns I out, think, and then turns out it's bring your daughter to work day, and it's like, what? This oh, by so the way, amazing. by the way, shout out to Casey for something I can't specifically mention, but maybe not be related to someone's daughter in this conversation in the DM. Anyways, wow. Keep going. Why, why Why do you, how do you do that? Not even why do you do that? Like how do you do that? That's just amazing amounts of nonsensical gibberish that you guys know what makes I'm talking sense about. in your brain. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but the rest of the world doesn't and shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but here's the other thing. I think what would be sweet is, you know, I've been thinking that Cross was you know, some overlord on the darker side of everything going on at the temple. But what if, what if cross is actually on the captain hotness side of things? What if she brings him in? <clears throat> what if he's on the side of righteousness? What if he's part of LA SWAT? <laughs> I don't know. I thought cross was going to be the maestro. But he isn't the maestro. I thought Cross. I don't. That is clearly Bestia six six six. That's him. Safe, safe, safe. That's yeah. Clearly him on screen, and we've seen him doing dark matches, or he's publicly been associated with Lucha Underground related show, which is great. He's awesome. So yeah. I have absolutely zero problem with that. I find it a little bit weird for him to be the Vampiro's master in any way, shape, or form. But whatever. It's wrestling. I'm willing to go with the storyline for a certain amount of time. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. You have a lot of luchadors who have strong gimmicks and they strong like visual gimmicks, and they're brought in for a strong visual gimmick. And it's weird to see another one of those brought in and not you don't use it. Right. Like Pentagon, Drago, and Aerostar, and Phoenix were all specifically brought in, and this has been uh, I think 
confirmed by DJ and Roach and maybe alluded to by EV Dub. I, I don't know specific. I know that it's been very, among the three of them, it's been pretty concrete that they were, the attraction to them was their look. And the other stuff was also good. So well, yeah, because they planned on writing storylines around them anyway. Like Pentagon yeah. came in with the look, and then it was like, okay, yeah, you're a skeleton ninja. And then okay, yeah, you break people's arms that you know Skip wrote for a vignette, and then they ran with it in the ring, and it's like, holy shit, we have created yeah. something amazing but, by accident. But why would you hire Bestia six 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 six, who has an awesome looking gimmick? and then give him something else like why don't you just capital unless maybe you can't afford to license it from him or whoever owns it i don't know if that's really the case i mean i think they saw him work dark and they thought that i think he was more of a work rate thing of like yeah he looks cool but those matches i mean we were popping pretty hard for him during those dark matches and i think that that resonated and he deserved it i mean there were those were good matches um I'd love to see Australian Suicide come in and, and have a program with uh, Jeremiah Crane. Yeah. yeah. That would be a great mid-card program. I don't care what anyone says. Casey would be shitting on it so hard right now, but F ah. Casey, he's not going to go up to work today, so F him. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know who I – mean, who knows? But who knows who will be around for season four? That's just the realistic thing. All right. Do. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop in this uh, this clip now so – all these people can hear what our thoughts were a whole year ago and we can get some more professor Casey back into the show. Yeah. Uh, the, the greatest part about this is we've gone for a little bit. So if Casey wants to hear himself, he'll have to have at least listened this far. <laughs> Who do you think it's going to have the worst voice after the whole weekend of yelling? Um, probably Casey. Casey. Probably Casey. After the Pentagon win, I'm going to guess Casey, but I don't know. Cause I, I was sucking down the halls. Um, yeah. Oh, we know, had, that was our secret weapon. We yeah, we had the halls with us. I brought a whole big bag. I forgot about that. That was the smartest thing I've ever done. It still hurt after a while, but whatever. Casey, Casey was the last one to high five Pentagon as he walked down the tunnel with the belt. That was kind of cool. He sure was. And then, um, I don't think he ever. I think he went home and jerked off with that hand immediately. <laughs> wow. And that's probably true. And so <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Um, well, all right, so amazing. without further ado, take a listen to this thing, and uh, here's our thoughts from over a year ago on Ultima Lucha Trace, the live taping. You want me to start streaming? Welcome to a very special edition of Mass Mats and Mayhem. We are recording right now something that we know you're not going to hear for a year or so. Um, we are fresh off of tapings of Ultima Lucha 3 at Tres. the Lucha Underground. I'm sorry, Ultima Lucha Trace uh, at the temple in Boyle Heights. And it was a crazy, crazy fucking weekend. So much so that we can't even contain ourselves and we've got to talk about it. We're going to talk about it now. No one's going to hear it for a million years, but we don't give a fuck. When you finally do hear this, be treated to the fact that these are fresh reactions right after the fucking taping. And I am here to tell you it was the craziest, craziest weekend. Um, I'm here with Byron in person. Byron Fever on the social medias. 
And you can't, it doesn't even matter because your social media might be completely changed by the time people hear this. No, I'm, no, that's, that's my brand that I, I'm, that I'm keeping, Byron Fever. Just Byron Fever, you're going to keep that even a year from now when people hear this? This is like a time capsule, man. Well, let's just, okay, yeah, let's just say that's what it is today. Today. Today, uh, he's Byron Fever. By the way, today is Tuesday. We're recording this Tuesday after a Saturday and Sunday taping because this is the first day that we can talk again after the taping. Yeah, I had absolutely no voice yesterday. I'm pretty sure Casey was yeah. the same way. Casey, yeah. you're on the phone. Dude, What's I going still kind of sound like shit, no? Like, I, yeah. I don't think I sound all that great. Yeah, yeah but I think that's kind of normal. You're, you're also on a crackly cell phone, but that's all right. Yeah. We had Casey phone it in, so we didn't make him drive all the way down from his place. I won't say. Yeah, that's at Lucha Gringo, except no imitations. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully by the time that you hear this, he'll be at Lucha Gringo on Instagram, too. He's hopefully saving we'll, up to buy the tag. It'll be funny to hear this a year from now to see if, if he's bought out the other. Uh, I thought you were going to say, um, by, hopefully by the time you hear this, the other one will just... Uh, Oh no no he's he's older don't don't wish bad things he on him. He has a family case that is horrible for you to it say. It does. Way um, older. Speaking of horrible, I'm going to address the most horrible thing from this weekend first so we can like erase it from our memories. Jesus fucking what happened with the taco cart? Does so, anybody know yet? Like a 34-year-old female Talk louder cuz you're in oh, this. Oh, I'm in that one. Yeah. A 34-year-old female driver at 9:30 p.m drove lost control of her car and drove into that taco truck that's right by the temple like it's you could walk from the and temple by lost control of her car we mean she was allegedly drunk she hit some shit and then she ran into the taco car yeah and there were actually lucha fans after the show who were there because people there go always there. are there yeah. always are i mean you you drive past there when we're leaving and i don't typically stop there but you drive past there when you're leaving and you see the lucha underground shirts and and whatnot standing around that taco cart every time we leave it's so scary it's so scary and i wonder i really wish they would uh they probably shouldn't because a person would probably get you know a mob thrown at them but i wish they would release the name so we knew i just hope I know that there were Lucha fans there who thankfully were not hit, but I just hope it wasn't one of the Lucha fans also behind the, behind the wheel. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, sound, it sounded like it was coming from the other direction, so it's probably oh, yeah? not that Then good. it wouldn't be. I, I hope, look, I, I, I am upset and saddened by the fact that within a two-block radius of the temple, anyone um, expired or lost their life, and... If we right. find out eventually that anyone from that we know from the temple or that's involved with Lucha in any fashion as a fan or performer or anything like that was even uh, partially involved in this thing, like our, our hearts go out to those people. Even a year later when you're listening to this, that just sucks. Like we heard yeah. that and it was like we were all hyped up. Everyone was hyped up after the show. And then all of a sudden that was the next bit of news after everyone was hyped up. And it was just like, fuck. Yeah, you get concerned. That's a terrible, terrible end to the weekend. So I want to go back to all the good stuff because it was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, If you're listening to this, that means it's already aired. So you probably know how fucking amazing it was. But these are our natural reactions from the shit that we just saw and experienced. If it hasn't aired and you're listening to this, we're probably dead. 
We're, we're in yeah, the ground Justin somewhere. fucked up yeah. somehow. <laughs> <or> <laughs> somehow something. I ran the wrong episode or, at the wrong time, or just, the wrong hashtag. Oh, Justin Jesus. wanted to blackmail us, edited his voice out of the whole podcast, and then released it to get so, Casey and I banned. I'm going to go through a little bit of our timeline, just so people understand. And uh, This was a crazy, crazy week for us. A couple of weeks. Um, so the way this all starts is... Um, during this season, and I don't know what it's like now because this is the future and I'm not in the future yet, but the way it was in, in season three here, you put in a ticket request um, and for a while they were kind of sending an email to, to some people who were regular people who were coming, but then the last few tapings, they stopped doing that all together. So it was, yeah. a, it was yeah, every Casey man... Yeah, was getting a fucking email that was giving me a heads up. Was, yeah. Usually for Ultima Lucha, it's just, it's a shit show for trying to get tickets because everyone not and their mother... Not season one, actually. But, not season one. But oh, now right. it's the WrestleMania of Lucha Underground, and let's people, be honest. Right. Like, everybody wants a, a piece of this. So, yeah, no I, one knew what the fuck it was in season one, but they do now. And yeah. we were very worried. We were very worried. We had we had heard from some people at Lucha Underground. They even seemed concerned uh, almost two months before Ultima Lucha about the amount of VIPs that had requested tickets. Now, if you don't know anything about Lucha Underground, there's a lot of companies involved. There's the holding company that owns Lucha Underground. And, um, there's El Rey Network. There's MGM. There's all these people that are are involved. Triple A. And uh, the MGM folks in the past hadn't really requested a lot of tickets. And apparently for Ultima Lucha 3, they had, um, which is fine. And I, I, I said this back then, um, you know, as soon as we found this stuff out, dude, that's that's the bosses. The bosses want to come see their fucking product that they're spending money on. You let the fucking bosses come. Not a problem with that. The problem is the system wasn't necessarily set to accommodate that for the rest of the tickets. So the process had then become that first come, first serve, no matter what. They put up a post on Facebook and Twitter that says, hey, are fan of Lucha Underground? Now's the time to get tickets. And first come, first serve, they would take them in order off their email server and give the people that requested tickets tickets unless they were on the list of people who were banned. Um, They also started doing this. They were doing this mid-afternoon on Wednesdays initially, the days of the the show airing because that's kind of when yeah, all it was social... always one o'clock like fucking clockwork yeah clockwork and 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 I agree with you and there were certain reasons why that didn't work out great for me either but <laughs> um yeah that's when they had been doing it but slowly they had been changing and the time had been different I got wind that it was going to probably come down on Tuesday and uh, we all knew about it and we talked about it with the guys who do the last real heels podcast too. Um, and they, they, uh, were coming to, and they were like, well, if we see it, we'll hit you guys up and blah, vice versa, whatever. So it comes out Tuesday morning at 9am is when the tickets come out. Everyone, everyone got fucked up when it happened. This is not a time that anyone was used to the tickets coming out. Um, I was in a car driving, so it was nothing I could really do, um, Casey, I think you got word from someone else, right? Yeah, uh, J-Man. Actually. J-Man from Last Real Heels. I, I texted you too. And, and, and Byron, whatever. You we got all, me first. We were all whatever. in a group text or whatever, so somebody was like, Casey, now's the time. Um, so Casey sends in his request. I fly my ass home or pull over or something and send in a second request myself because I had a few people I was hoping I could take. Um, and... You know, and then we all crossed our fingers and hope we got tickets. 
We did get tickets. Casey's request got approved. Mine did not. And it was only a few minutes later. And uh, it was crazy. You know, it was like, fuck, we're going. And then Casey was like, but we're standing room. Which we didn't know for a week or two, like a week. We didn't know for a week that you were were standing room. We, we didn't, didn't know, know we were getting in because... Oh, yeah, we didn't even know. Like, the last Real Heels, those guys didn't even want to talk to us for a while because we were so nervous about even yeah. being able to go well, to like, Ultima Lucha. In Southern California, PWG is the hottest ticket in town due to how in demand they are in the limited number of tickets. Lucha Underground is, I would say, a close second. PWG, if you don't get tickets within the first two minutes right. that they go on sale, it's done. Lucha Underground, at this stage, isn't far behind that. Yeah, no, this is the hottest ticket in town for this weekend. So, and I don't want to go too far into it because on our podcast back then, we talked about it a little bit, which I haven't even recorded yet. So I don't necessarily know that. But now I guess I'm telling myself, this is like totally back to the future. I love this. Which one? I feel like I'm in 12 Monkeys right now. Which one of us is Scott Bakula? Bakula. Uh, That's Casey, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Enterprise. Do you guys ever think Scott Bakula kind of looks like Shawn Michaels? I'm referencing a show I can't I know. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. I know what show you're referencing. I'm I'm, I'm not as dumb as you are. You're the guy who got Hannibal and Face mixed up on A-Team. Not Uh, me. Yeah, but I even wanted to... It's a year later, and we still don't forgive you, Byron. Why don't we get some (laughs) new material? How about that? I love the future. Byron Byron is still getting fucked with even in the future. It's a year later. You guys are still talking about the same shit. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have run you over with my fucking flying car by now. How about that? I believe, I believe it. I believe it. We'll have hover shoes, like Back to the Future. If we had flying cars, would Casey be able to afford one? Well, even if he was, he would still park it up there and take the red line to Lucha. Yeah. Probably. So, yeah. <laughs> Probably even more. He'd be like, I'm not taking my flying car down there. Fuck you guys. Royal Heights. Anyway, yeah. so... The moral of the story is we eventually find out we got tickets, but they were standing room and we were all kind of bummed out. So we get there and luckily through the process of events, which you also heard me discuss in the past, because I'm going to discuss that on the other show. We, we, we got some decent seats, but it kind of sucked because we weren't sitting front row. Um, so it was already a little bit different experience for us. Uh, Jamie was there with us. Jamie. And she was she was enjoying the whole thing. It was only her second time being there. Byron was there. I was there. Casey was there. It was the four of us. We were really, really loud the first day. Yeah. So let's talk about the first day of Ultima Lucha well, 3. First of all, we were not in the bleachers where all the maniacs sit and you make a lot Normally, of noise. But there was a lot of newbies there this time of because of this are, weird ticket we were shit. sitting down and this and that. And... Uh, but we were in the, we had good seats. You had a really good view of everything. But typically, we were sitting around in the sections where people usually sit down most of the time. And <laughs> that's Fuck not them. what we do. And because we were in some of the, ble- we were in some of the seats that were kind of raised, it kind of felt like we were at ring height, makes you feel closer. And we were standing the whole time yelling. And it was like the first match. It was just like a warm up dark match, which. What's I'm not gonna say well, what it was. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. You but can say it. It's a year later. A year later. But the dark match. Yeah. Who cares? Okay. It's well, a they dark d- match a year in the past that so, no one ever got to see. So they kick these shows off with <laughs> Battle Royals, which are fucking nuts. They're so awesome. Nuts. Get- and our boy Vinny Massaro happened to be in this one too, yeah. and we were wearing his shirt. And it's we're wearing and he his never shirt wins right the now. Battle Royal. He's usually the first fucking yeah. guy out. It's tradition for Vinny to get tossed 
almost as soon as yeah, the these Dolans. guys haven't changed their fucking shirts in a year, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> That's how over he is. We got but fucking year old shirts on right now. I missed I missed my favorite part of the Battle Royal, which is watching Vinny get dumped out of the ring. Shut up, you missed that? I missed it because the people behind me asked me to sit down so they could see. Fuck them! Right, I want It's Lucha oh, Underground. Who comes to a wrestling show that only holds four hundred sweaty, yelling, angry, crazy people in the temple? Well, they were, and tells you to sit down. They were VIPs. They were friends with someone oh, in the show. Well, so Byron did what any self-respecting wrestling fan would do, and he farted right in their fucking mouths. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry for anyone who got fired because of the obnoxious wrestling fans that were sitting in front of the VIPs that got stood up in front of the whole time. I'm sorry. Sorry that you don't have a job a year later. You just don't yeah, wear high heels. I want to, uh, I want to, to apologize to uh, to uh, uh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, Nick Nemeth for, for marking out so much next to him, but oh, shit, um, hot young Briley. Well, that's day two. Yeah. Why? You, we're not there yet. You're Stay skipping on topic. ahead. I know we're in the future, but you can't go a whole day in the future. In the future, it's, just, uh, it's aggravating. I'm sorry, I'm not adjusted to the time stream. Fuck. <laughs> you're causing like rifts in the space time continuum. Damn it. Saturday. Get your sonic screwdriver and fix this, Byron. Uh, I wonder. They'll air probably on the show in order. Of Who filming. cares? We won't know. All right. What's the first TV match that we saw? Uh, Casey, you're the smart one. What do we see first? Fuck, dude, I don't remember what you're right. talking so, about. Like, oh, so it was Evil and right. uh, Katrina. Oh, Evil and Katrina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Battle Royal, by the way, Battle Royal in the was- live crowd set up a match for the next day because the Mac, who, by the way, is the shit, won the Battle Royal and he got uh, an opportunity for the trios titles. So but see, this is why I think that it won't be dark. What, were they the filming Royal. the Battle Royal? Because he uh, they, won it, and then yeah. he won an opportunity at the trios. They always film a but titles. There's just one time that that Mirachi Loco won a Battle Royal, and with like his ten thousand dollar suitcase briefcase that he won, he said he quit. But the difference here is that they actually set up a match. So basically, yeah. the stipulation, which if it has aired, and everyone will know by now, so we're dumb even talking about it, but. And Mariachi Loco used the money to get surgery to become a skeleton. Which is smart. Ooh. Is Case Fabe breaking Case Fabe? A year later, yeah. Maybe Case Fabe in the future doesn't care about Case Fabe. Yeah, that gimmick didn't work out, so I stopped doing it after like three weeks. <laughs> Wait, we're only two weeks into it in real life, so damn it, we got one more week of Case Fabe. That, oh, nice. Yeah, he just so. promised us. We'll have to take advantage of it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, but the, the, the whole thing with Mac coming out of it at the end was, I would say, probably one of the things that I did not predict uh, right. at all in the whole weekend was Mac getting a shot at the trios titles yeah. along with the, the, the guys that he did, which you all know now is kill shot and, and Dante, Dante Fox. Fox. They gave us um, a bonus match. So, you know, and I will say this two weeks before Lucha underground, uh, Ultima Lucha three, I said that there was going to be a double swerve in the title match. And historically, this is really weird listening back to this now, because at the time, this was before the Money in the Bank 2016 match. And uh, me and Byron were talking about, I don't know if I talked about this with you too, Casey, but I was like, damn it, there's going to yeah. be this double swerve, and yeah. I'm positive that fucking Pentagon's going to get the belt. You saw 
Pentagon went, or you saw Pentagon and Son of Havoc. Right, and I and they did a, a double. The gods yeah, the, the, they got the double tie for the Gift of the Gods thing. I saw that match, and and Byron and Casey weren't there, and I was just like, I feel like at Ultima Lucha, he's going to cash that in. Um, the one part of it I got wrong is I said that Morrison would would go over in Mundo. his match. Mundo Hennigan is his Hennigan. PWG John name. Hennigan. That's Hennigan. his real name, isn't it? Hennigan. Yeah, he's a he. He's doing bull as 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 Hennigan. Hennigan. Interesting. Um, anyway, right now he'd have already lost Bola, dude. Come on. He probably he doesn't do enough. Uh, uh, what is it? Reverse Ranas, inverted right. Ranas right. <laughs> to win any kind <laughs> to of win any tournament. kind of bola tournament ever. Anyway, so. I predicted two weeks beforehand that what was going to happen was Pentagon was going to cash it in on Morrison after they booted uh, Puma, because I was pretty sure at the time that Puma was leaving, and um, which is funny because as of recording this right now, I still don't even know if that's the case or not. But I just thought that that was going to be the case. He was going to do this thing, and it was going to be this crazy double swerve. So I pitched it to my boys. I told them this thing. And then a fucking week later, Money in the Bank happens, and it was a great pay-per-view. It was like one of the only WWE pay-per-views of all 2016 that I a- yeah. even partially cared about. And fucking Dean Ambrose did the same thing. And I was almost crying when I saw it because I was like, fuck, Pentagon is not going to be able to do this now because it's derivative of what Dean Ambrose just did at Money in the Bank. Fuck me sideways. I hate this. But uh, WWE, um, what was it, Survivor Series? It was a No, part- Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. They stole Aztec Warfare. Two? Yeah. Maybe. They stole Aztec Warfare 2. Did it did it at the Rumble, right? Yeah, but I guarantee you Lucha wasn't and stealing then, this idea. No, 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 no. Because no, no, no. it was already no, written way before that. That's what I'm saying. I is, mean, Ultimate Lucha was booked before Money in the Bank aired. But maybe like there maybe they got wind or like someone's like, I have a great idea. Someone who has a friend or knows someone. And then they they knew they knew about Isaac Warfare too, and I see that it still could have happened, even though Lucha wasn't filmed before. Right. Um, but it was set up like you could. Yeah, you because were, the Royal you, Rumble was filmed way after they yeah. filmed Aztec Warfare. Yes. Right. No. That so they was, still stealing it that way makes sense. No, that's that not, it doesn't. That you one's can't obvious. steal it back the other way. That one's obvious. But for this one, it was written. Yeah. The script was written. They knew at the beginning of the season, right? That's where they were going. One, two. Um, what happened? I don't even first? know if it was the beginning of the season, but it was certainly before Money in the Bank. I right. mean, WWE at the time had their problems with Roman Reigns not getting over, well, Seth Rollins the coming back, and then and Roman Reigns popped hot or whatever. If that was even legit or not a work, it doesn't but, matter. But they had their own reasons for doing it and having to hot shot the belt onto. Yeah. Dean Ambrose. But yeah. they were taking Pentagon to um, Ultima Lucha Tress for the Gift of the Gods belt before money. Correct. And so when he was getting that match for Ultima Lucha Tress, his other match was already, that, or, that whole storyline for the weekend was already there. Right. So that was there to be taken before Money in a Bank. But it's just crazy. So, uh, I, like, I talked to to Byron about it. I talked to a couple other people. A few other people heard my theory. A lot of people thought I was crazy. Um, you know, a few people didn't. And a few people that might have had decent inside information kind of were like, yeah, that might happen. Oh, here's another thing about Saturday with your theory. Yeah. We show up. And oh, this is way, Saturday still when I had that theory, yeah. and I was like, "Man, I'm pretty sure." Well, and Pentagon had a match already. You had that theory a, like a while ago. Pentagon had a ladder match, but it was like the quickest 
get it over with. And it was match. so soft. Like they walked yeah. around, they set up the their spots really carefully. Like it was mm-hmm. one of those moments where you could tell like yeah. nobody wants to get hurt here because there's some bigger stuff coming later. And unannounced that weekend, we show up Saturday and we see a brand new Pentagon Dark Lucha Underground shirt. T-shirt. That everyone fucking buys. And Who if gets you haven't bought one, hmm, some champions get merch, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mundo had a shirt. Mundo had a shirt. Sexy Mundo actually came down that day and Ray took pictures with his with his shirt. Yeah, I think Mundo and Pentagon had a bet on who was moving more merch. Yeah, and then Mundo got wind of the numbers <laughs> and wanted to do something about it. Uh, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, Johnny Mundo sold a grand total of four shirts while everyone in the whole temple had a Pentagon shirt on. So oh congrats man, on Pentagon. I feel and and I feel bad. And speaking of feeling bad, uh, no, I'll get to it later. Anyway, so, so go ahead, Byron. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just want to say, like, with your theory, like, there were so many things, like, we know we knew what we wanted, but we also wanted at Tress, uh, at Dos, I mean, we're like, Pentagon is getting a title shot against this Matanza motherfucker. Oh, yeah, and we were so, so butthurt after Pe- uh, Ultima Lucha Dos. Like, I didn't Dude, know. Do you know how long it took making that fucking sign for him to lose that match? Seriously. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then like, here comes Mark. Ultima Lucha Trace. We're really not even prepared for it. We thought we were going to have standing room, and then, you know, the Lucha gods hooked us up so that we didn't get stuck in the standing room because yeah. a lot of executives didn't show up. We were all butthurt beforehand for nothing. And we were worried. But at the same we time, were we weren't sitting in our regular spots. We were worried that we were going to get heartbroken. We didn't make any fucking signs. Casey asked us the week before, and I was like, fuck that. I'm not making any signs. I don't even know if I get to sit down. I was all bitter and angry, and so was Casey. Everyone's all bitter and angry. Oh, and and in then, the, in the and here, and, and, and honestly, in retrospect now I can say that we were such fools to doubt Lucha because they gave us exactly what we wanted me specifically they gave me more of everything that I wanted except for a certain hunter returning (sighs) yeah you know we doubted the proverbial El Dandy and we shouldn't have done that we shouldn't we shouldn't one of my favorite Favorite moments, and we're still on Saturday, but this happened on Sunday. Favorite moments was when Cuerno comes back after a monster of a match and fucks up. He just, like Mil Muertes is the man of a thousand deaths, maybe three. I don't know how many times he's going to die in season three. Whatever. But he's been dying a lot. Cuerno comes back and just straight jacks him up, Uh, steals his glove, uh, and then Justin uh, sat down and cried. And it was oh, one of my I was so moments. butthurt. I'm not even going to lie. But I can't complain. Byron's because like, look at Justin. Look at Justin. I'm like, oh, he looks pissed as fuck right now. I can't complain because, look, the, 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 the first match was great. Then... The what was the gauntlet of the war? What was the what was the was, fucking the match to end all the, matches called? Gauntlet of the gods. No, no, I'm talking about the 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 casualties of war thing or whatever. Oh, the oh, first art, day. art of war. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's the hell, war is hell match. The, yeah, hell of war hell, match or whatever. Yeah. Oh my god. So greatest thing I've ever fucking seen so, in my life. Hold on, before we get that. Let's okay. Get what to was the, the, other, the other match? So we start yeah. with Ivelisse. And Katrina, which was awesome. Yeah, it was great to see Carly get in there and, and wrestle some. And she's yeah. actually good. I, I've never had any problem with her in-ring work. She just doesn't... I don't think she likes to work in the ring very much. So she doesn't. And and this is uh, one of those rare opportunities to see her do work. I mean, she bumps in Mills matches. Yeah, all the time. And She's a wrestler. She actually is a wrestler. She's, she's not probably, just a valet. Yeah, she's probably the only female with an Undertaker gimmick. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but well, except for for Ramu, but she's retired. You know, the little girl that's possessed by a demon and choke slams people. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I was gonna. I, this is I was why we gonna keep Casey around. You, you just earned your paycheck, bro. But at Ultimate Chidos, they they were setting up and beginning of season three. They're doing Ivelisse and Katrina, and Ivelisse broke her ankle. Same way that busted her up in season right, one. Right, and we were all and, saying, like, God, what a fucking waste of investment. That could have been a really hot angle. And somehow, hopefully, they worked yeah. it backstage and, and they got this whole thing going. And Ivelisse is one of my favorite uh, luchadors in, in, the, in the show. Like, she had a title match against Mel Mortez and held her own. Like, she is badass. And I felt really bad because she was... Well, and, and as that. of the time that we're recording this, I was I was saying she was buried because of all that stuff, and I didn't think she was going to get an opportunity like this at Ultima Lucha yeah. Trace. And, and it was really awesome that she did. It was a good match too. Yeah, it was a really good match. Um, I love that she got color, and and I remember afterwards she stood up on the turnbuckle, looked at us, and yelled, "What's my fucking name?" We answered, "Yes, dutifully." Yes. As, as much as we were popping for Carly, we we answered Ivelisse dutifully at that moment and popped really, really hard for her. She was she yeah. was great. It was a good match. And yeah. it was a great way and to And then she got out. Nancy Kerrigan, bro. Oh. No! Why? <laughs> there, were, there were people... Why, I mean... There were people in the audience, by the way. Um, uh, I don't want to harp on the VIP thing, but there were people in the audience who were watching the match sitting down asking, what's up with The Rock? Oh, not God. the person like the the Katrina. Well, and show. honestly, there was a few people who left. I don't know if they were execs or whatnot, but I don't know if the uh, the violence with the female in the in the uh, the color on Eva Lee's, I think, turned a couple of of stomachs. Maybe you got it. It was a bold and a strong start, and that's what Lucha Underground is known for being bold. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, you had the you had the the battle royal before that, but that was really the first match. Um, all right, let's move along. What was after that? I don't want to be here right. in the future for too long because we might fuck up the space time continuum. All right, fuck. Oh, oh god, there was something between the War as Hell match that I don't it was remember. The what it was. was the hair match? It was the hair the match. Ladder match. La- oh, the oh, hair no, match. No, it was Pentagon. The Pentagon match was the first day, and the hair match was the. S- the first day also. First day. Hair matches first day. So you have which oh let's just go to it doesn't the, matter either one. Let's do ladder match. Here's my thing with the ladder match. Son There's not much ha- to say about it. Yeah, it was quick. I feel bad for Son of Havoc because Son of Havoc is awesome. And he's it's someone great. This was an un- an unfortunate position yeah. to be in. But at the same time it was like <sighs> What can I compare this to? I mean, it's like, you know, you're jobbing out for the IC title back in WrestleMania 5 or something. It was like, it's unfortunate you're on the wrong end of this thing, but at least you're in the one of the the pivotal storylines. Yeah. Well, at Dos, Son of Havoc was huge. He had yeah. a lot of great stuff at Dos, which was awesome. And he's a guy that the fans have really rallied around, and I will cheer the fuck for, for Son of yeah, Havoc. Yeah, at least he didn't have to wrestle Son of Madness at Ultima Lucha Oh, 3. my God. <laughs> Who knows how that's going to turn out? We haven't seen it. But um, but uh, Son of Havoc is someone who is a pure baby face and gets a lot of cheers because he's earned it. Right. People can On see the talent and the dedication. Status, and, yes, hard work, baby face status. And you bring him out against Pentagon, and then I thought I heard a fuck you Havoc chant. Like, 
It's not. I thought I started a fuck you havoc chant. I didn't do it. I felt that was tasteless. <laughs> uh, well, it might have been me that started that. I don't know. Look, I got carried away. I think Casey got carried away. Don't don't be mad at us. Look, it's hard to wrestle against Pentagon. Yeah, that's they they lined him up as the heel in that match. Yeah, strangely enough, and this was like not a face versus face kind of thing. It was like, no, no, you're wrestling against Pentagon. You're heel whether you like it or not, and it didn't matter what. Like, I, I, I swear there's a couple times when I looked over and saw Eric Van Wagnen over there like, oh, shit, this guy's not supposed to get healed out. And it was just like, I just wanted to shrug my shoulders at, at AVW and be like, dude, it's against Pentagon, man. Yeah. There's, there's all everything's out the window. Like, you can't control us. Dude, I can't control were, myself, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> people were hating on him. And he doesn't wrestle heelish at all. So yeah. he just, he just, it just did not. It did not work. And I try to respect the, the heel face lines at the temple with my chanting and, and where I'm going. Like, I try to get heels over for being heels. Other than Taya. Taya and Pentagon are my personal two exceptions. Like, there's Honestly, nothing... Honestly, like, I will never hear sexy, sir. Right. Uh, yeah, there's people that... I, I'm sorry, I won't cheer for them. But, uh... I can't remember the one guy's name now, so... Uh, I can't talk about not liking him because I don't know what his name is, but, uh, that's really good. It's helpful. Maybe he's improved in the year. Uh, oh, but it wouldn't be on TV. Yeah. You know, the larger snake, uh, not Uh, a fan. Um, you want me to give you a shoot name? No, no. People, we don't need to blow people's identities up. Even if we don't blow, I'll blow him up. I'll blow him up like his knees blew up. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, how could his knees blow up? He never catches anyone. Well, because the knees give out before the guy even lands. I, they think the knees give out in fear before anyone even comes down. His mask is t- too much. I'm See, the funny thing is, we've probably been shitting on this guy all season And he's probably now. great. No, we probably... Mm. The funny thing is, we're shitting on him now in the future, and he's probably turned out to be great. Because they edited all the shit out. You never know. Saw. I'm, I'm, you know me though. I'm never afraid to say what I do and don't like, you know. And and as much as I love Lucha and everybody who works there and who's involved there, I'll point stuff out that I'm not a fan of. And hopefully, mm-hmm. as a fan, all I can do is hope that my, whatever my criticism is, that it's reasonable and it makes it better by being a critic of it. That's all I can hope as a fan. You know what I was your a fan your of? hatred for Cuerno is not. No, my hatred for Quer- my hatred for Cuerno is not reasonable. It is not acceptable. Yeah. It's not understandable. It's just a thing. Uh, it's just it's something just that developed in, in me. It's based it's not in based respect. in reality. It's based in. He respect. was so nice to me it. when I met him, Justin. No, I'm sure Phantasmo or whatever his name is is a great dude. I, I I'm not questioning that. I'm not questioning him as a worker. Just something at some point in time, it's been lost to the ages. I, I something in my stomach just kind of turned on the Querno character. I got very frustrated with where it was going on TV, and it just soured me on it. Like, I had the same problem with Leaping Lanny Poffo at one point, and yeah. I don't know why, That's because he, there's nothing wrong with the dude, but something, like, something some writer or somebody did to him one time just really made him not the guy for me, and it was the same thing with Cuerno. I don't know what Someone it is. Someone needs to steal his bit, actually, now that we're on Leaping Lanny Poffo, the shit where... Um, they used to have these bunkhouse battle royals in WWE where you mm. could like uh, really bring great. whatever you wanted to the That's ring. Really, 
And uh, Lanny would wear a full suit of armor to the ring, like a knight. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> There's a guy Triple A. I see. I see. I think Hoke gif him all the time. He he's called Policeman or something, and he actually has a pistol on Dude, his belt. I'm just telling you guys right now. He the never future is so, so weird. In the future, Casey's the one talking about WWE, <laughs> and Byron is the one talking about AAA. I'm I want to get out of the future. I'm very afraid here. Hey, you know I'm you know what happened? The future now. You know what happened a year ago? <laughs> Uh, uh, a hair versus mask match. Right. Let's talk about the hair versus. He did rivals Phoenix and Marty. Now, how awesome is it that an ultimate beautiful dress, match? I just Mar- have to tell you, being live in the audience, my my main thought about this was: okay, I've seen Phoenix bleed before. I I I saw oh. him do the blade spot, and I'm gonna totally break their kayfabe here. I saw him do the blade spot. It was brilliant. It was so well done. It was perfectly timed. Blade under the fucking apron, like exactly the way you're supposed to be doing. And then great. I saw the fucking geyser that he caught, and I oh. puked in my fucking mouth. And I was like, Jesus Christ, stop this match. Go to the finish. Like I was screaming. I was chanting, "Go yeah. to the finish." Yeah. That's and what- I'm like, Justin. Justin, this is the second <laughs> most I've seen Phoenix bleed in person because. <laughs> I was there when Phoenix busted his fucking nose, and there was way more blood than that. No, the nose was worse. You know, the nose was is scary, but dude, I don't know the fucking geyser he caught over the brow there. They they did the face the the mask tear and everything perfectly, and they still yeah. worked the whole match. All this they stuff. Went a while. Uh, uh, long match, yeah, dude. It's, it's so great though. I'm Marty. sure on TV it's not even going to partially be that long. Yeah. So like you guys, that match in real life was what forty something minutes long. Yeah, it was a while. And with Lucha Underground, Marty shows up as like an overly enthusiastic fan who wants to be a part of the show, right? Right. And and, and he's a joke. That's his first thing. He's a joke, and he but shows up. But by Ultima Lucha Trace, he is and not by, a fucking joke. By Ultima Lucha Trace, he's putting yeah, he's putting on a main event quality match with one of the top stars huge, in the program. Huge. Phoenix. I mean, this is this is a match that could have headlined any. Lucha Underground episode throughout the year and and almost, you know, if there was a belt or something on the line for it, could have easily been the headliner yeah. of all of the, the whole event. It was great. And then they bring in Melissa. Which Melissa the, was also great. And I know you guys great. didn't see it, but when I saw Melissa do in-ring stuff a few weeks before this, yeah. it was amazing. Um, but, I, dude, the geyser and then the way they played off the ending with the haircutting was and great. Mariposa. Yeah, Mariposa turning. doing her, her face turn or whatever we think that was at this point. I'm I'm sure at this point we don't even know in the future. Who knows? You'll <laughs> you'll have to tell us. Yeah, it's probably a season four thing that none of but us are going to know. It was a great match. And then when Marty's handcuffed to the railing and getting his hair cut, that was just perfect. I yeah. mean, Marty, Marty, he's so awesome. Yeah, he's and he totally deserves to be over. All right, I got to talk about one of my favorite things ever. Is um, that it? This is the actually matches? the first time. No, this is the first time I've gotten to talk about the, the Hell of War match. Oh, oh. This is the first time oh, I've, God, I've talked damn, this match. on any podcast about uh, A.R. Fox uh, or Dante Fox as he is in Lucha Underground. Um, none of his stuff has aired yet. We've seen almost all of it. I think there's only one Dante Fox match that I've missed in season three. Um, dude, so uh, just for a point of reference, I've been popping over Killshot for a long time. 
And part of it's been some of the stuff that I've seen him do with AR Fox in season three. Like you, you'll go back and hear the podcast in season two, me talking about how awesome Killshot is. It's because of how amazing some of the stuff I was seeing taped for season three was. So my two favorite guys in all of Lucha Underground, uh, as much as I love Pentagon, I'm not as big a Pentagon mark as Byron and Casey are. Oh. I am the hugest Killshot and AR Fox. Blasphemy. <laughs> but dude, I gotta tell you, these two guys are are yeah. literally hands down not just my two favorite performers in Lucha Underground. They might be two of my favorite performers of all time in wrestling now. And yeah. I was a huge, huge yeah. Jerry Lynn fan. That was like my dude, Jerry Lynn and RVD. Yeah, and well, Sam you bring Boone that back up. in the day. The Lynn RVD. That was a matchup that you could watch a hundred times. And I they saw three of them live. You know, yeah. and they were made to fight each other. And this, the AR Fox kill shot stuff, or Dante Fox, whatever, is the same thing. It is one of those epic things. Like, I hope to God these dudes are good friends backstage. Like, I've talked to both of them, but never at the same time. So I don't even know, like, how close they are. I know uh, Killshot's good friends with Puma, but I don't know if they, you know, I don't know what his situation with AR Fox is. Um, but these guys are putting in stuff that's crazy. This match, the ending with the ambulance, the fucking tax, the barbed wire, everything. Oh, it, was just, a three, it was three oh, matches in one. I don't even know how this is going to air because this was super fucking long too. Yeah, it basically, we didn't know anything because we didn't see any setup. We just saw it's a hell of war match. And we have seen Killshot yeah. do a, a military gimmick match with Marty, which right. is more or less like a, a ladder match or something yeah. or something. No, it was, a, it was, a, it was just kind of like a boot camp match. It was a boot camp match. Yeah. And they did ladder spots, but yeah, it was just a hardcore match. And this one though, we didn't know what to expect. It was, there were three matches. They start with the first blood match. Right. And they don't do, they don't gig the forehead like a traditional wrestling. No, and, and and I'm a guy who's seen like the new Jack gigging himself with a fucking real flathead screwdriver, like a dull flathead screwdriver. <laughs> like I've seen those kind of matches, and you know, in CZW and XPW stuff, like setting tables on fire with barbed wire and whatever. And honestly, some of the shit in this match was beyond that. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, by the way. I'm not necessarily and saying it's a good say, thing. I gotta say, legit, Justin. Yeah. Is Pentagon's my favorite wrestler? Yeah. Thank you. That's Dante good. Fox is definitely my number two favorite. Right All right. Now. And see, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. And honestly, for me, I would probably put them in at, at this moment in the past. Yeah. I would put them at probably Dante, and then probably Pentagon, and then Killshot. Yeah. I mean, realistically, and that's 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 saying a lot. And I'm talking about a you know a 30 year history of watching wrestling, mm-hmm. and those guys right. are up there. And I'm talking like my top 10 all time. Mm-hmm. Like they're just way way up there from the stuff that they're putting in. Now, that being said, I don't know that this was a smart match. No. Like what, I like <laughs> what was the second uh, fall? Like this, there was some stuff oh. in this, and I know, I know that that Ar Fox has done CZW, and he's done some of this crazy shit yeah. before. But like, dear lord, some of this stuff is unnecessary, isn't it? Well, how did they how how did they do the blood fall? So they didn't gimmick it. It was a hard way. Glass. The yeah. first the first fall of of blood like was a real pane of glass. It was uh, shattered glass. 
break uh, but it wasn't shatterproof sugar, it glass. Could have been it was not glass. no. It was not candy glass. No, no, no. That was not candy glass. That yeah. was dangerous stuff. Definitely not candy glass. Uh, uh, Rick Knox refereeing it had hard tape, which is you use console tape to tape up your hands, not athletic tape, yeah. not even gaff tape. It's console tape, which means it has a hard, shiny exterior on it, and it's a, a bit thicker. And he had it all the way around his palms and his wrists and covering the heel of his thumb, too, so that he could actually count pinfalls. So he knew going in, like, there's real glass. Yeah. And sometimes in tack matches or whatever, refs will do that, too. And they'll do it even thicker than that because they, they want to make sure the tacks don't go through. And the reason to do that, too, is so you don't catch the arteries that are right at the wrist uh, joint. It's not to not get cut at all. I mean, these are fucking... Yeah, supermen, and they're not worried about not getting cut. It's worrying about cutting the wrong thing. <laughs> That's yeah. the scary part. But anyway, I was like, you know, we're watching this match, and I'm just like, dude, I love hardcore matches. I love these two performers. They're two of my favorite. And even then, I was just like, geez. Like, once the glass was broken and still in the ring, I expected between pinfalls that they'd probably come and give it a quick sweep. Yeah. Nope. Even if they didn't show it on TV or something. Nope. They started the match breaking glass, doing a first blood. So now, uh, who took the first fall? Was uh, it? Kill Fox was the first fall. Oh, Fox did Fox win the first took fall. The, yeah. So Fox kind of started. No, no, Fox lost the first fall because he was the one bleeding off the back. Yeah, yeah, so he started. He went through the glass, yeah. He, he basically had two-thirds of the match to go to keep bumping with blood and glass. A chunk out of his back. Yeah. Oh, my God, it was so. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was crazy. And I mean, that barbed wire bump in fall number two fucked Fox up quite a bit. He had a big chunk out of his back that just looked like shit. They all got fucked up. What I mean, it was crazy. Fall? And that was the that was the second fall. Um, I don't even remember. No DQ. Oh, no DQ. No DQ. And then the third one was like a ambulance. ambulance stretcher match. Stretcher match. Uh oh, are we burning up the house? Did we die? Is that me? I don't know. Something's even. Is that anyway? You? So oh, it's uh, you know. And I'm sure on our podcast after it airs, we'll talk about it and, and how it airs on TV. But, you know, after the match, uh, I had talked to, to AR Fox earlier in the day and I had told him, like, dude, I can't wait for people to see the shit that you're doing this season, you know. And I can't wait to talk about it on our podcast even because it's fucking amazing. So, you know, good on you, brother. And he was just like, you know, yep, wait and see today. And then I saw him coming out on the stretcher at the end of the show, at the end yeah. of the night. And I was just like, you know, Dude, great. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, he went out stretcher for real, like real fire department, Ambo showed up. Him. They sent him home. Um, and then the next day. They had to get him stitched up because they of had the to get him stitched thing. up because, yeah, the angle was these two guys, regardless of what's left of them, have to be his tag partners. I saw Willie Mack on the way out. I was like, good luck with those two tomorrow. <laughs> and Willie just looked at me like, yeah, you know, it's going to be all me tomorrow. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just like, you know, A, I love this for a lot of reasons. Fuck you, Vince McMahon. Some black folks getting over. Love it. Why weren't they singing and dancing? But I will exactly, and there was one. Hey, look, there was one spot when they were up in the mariachi thing, and I don't know if that's going to air on TV though. When when they're wrapping the fucking cords around each other, I'm like, don't lynch him. That's black on black crime, racism. Like it was like, no, don't do that, brother. That's fucked up. That'll look terrible. Ferguson, Ferguson, stop it. Oh, Um, dude, I gotta mention my favorite moment. Go mention it in the first fall when fucking kill shot 
was like, come on, motherfucker, when Fox pulls out a screwdriver and starts to try to stab him with it. Oh, God. The kill shot just gets in a fighting stance with his forearms out like he's going to just fucking take him on. Oh, it's yeah, when he does, ever seen. he does the real, the real blocks. He starts getting all yeah. wind shun on it, yeah. Like, just like his promo segment. I mean, that's yeah. the fucking brilliance of it. Like, somebody agented that into the oh, match from something that was Vampiro. written from the first promo. You think Vamp did this match? Vamp had to. He came out and said he was real nervous. I think this was his, if not his day, this was definitely his match that it he does, It didn't look like a Paul me, London style of work. I'll say that. that yeah. dude. And it was because some, I talked to Vampiro after the fucking show. What did he say? I said, Vamp. I don't know if you were the agent of that match, and he nodded and said yes, and I said, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Congratulations, sir. And I shook his hand. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was something. It was just something. Yeah. And then the spot uh, falling off the um, band stage through... The ambulance. I mean, it was live. It was a little weird because we couldn't. Yeah, we see didn't have the best stuff. vantage point on the finish, and but I, I can't wait to see it on TV. But yeah. at that point, it didn't even matter. It was just like these dudes have earned my respect for all time. Yeah. One of the greatest hardcore matches of any style ever. Three hardcore falls, yeah. and I'm talking like I've seen Terry Funk matches. I've seen Sabu. I've seen Mick Foley. Oh, they did the Sabu spot, right? Yeah, where um, Sabu taped his arm together. Exactly. They did the they did the taping yourself up. Like, look, the Sabu barbed wire. No, no, match. no, no, no. Was that that what? was that was Puma? Oh right? no, that that was Puma. that was Puma. Yeah. After he got himself broke off. Yeah. It wasn't in that match, was it? Never mind. My bad. But My still, bad. that's still great. I, I give it up yeah, for that. Yeah. But yeah, like so it was it was a great match and it was really awesome to actually see Fox come Well, out and the thing that was different than like an old Sandman or Sabu or Terry Funk match where you're just getting that hardcore style of it is that these guys are both still young guys with flippy shit too. I mean, we're yeah. talking just the craziest, sickest high spots. Apron spots that I still don't know if I approve of. It's the hardest part of the ring. Oh. Which I screamed really loud, and I hope that comes across on TV. Yeah, it'll, you'll probably hear it a second after you hear me scream it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But um, it was crazy. Uh, great great for me. I love those guys, and I've been screaming from the top of my lungs about how awesome they are forever. Um, so then the second day... Uh, I was the one that showed up early for the line passes, and uh, thank you. We thank still you. we still managed to somehow, even though I didn't do it quite as well as Byron did the day before. Yeah. First day, I show up at four a.m. thinking that no one will be there, or maybe a couple of people. Four a.m. first night, I got spot number five. Yeah, I came at three forty-five, fifteen minutes earlier than Byron the second day, and I got spot eighteen. So hopefully when you're listening, I'm going to talk to about this, this on the other. But you guys have already yeah, heard this a year ago. But so. I'm going to talk about this on the other podcast. But anyway, so our natural reactions today to uh, what what did we have gauntlet match. We had another battle royal. We had some pimpy stuff. I don't really even need to get into it. It Was just the great normal oh, pimpy, pimpy stuff. Awesome. Yeah, but it was. I think day two was all about that. Was the moment of truth. Like there was a lot of cool shit lined up, but is it going to happen? Right. Well, the, right. the the cool stuff was uh, as much as I love Famous B, I was glad that uh, Wagner was in his match because I like I love seeing Doctor Wagner work with Tejano. I thought that, yeah. that was really fun, and then their new stable coming out of it that was just fun. Everything about that was just fun. I me. wish 
Famous would have sold the broken arm a little bit more. It was a little weird for him to have to sell it, but it was it was strange. He held a schoolboy with the broken arm. <laughs> this is true. I'm not a professional wrestler. I'm not trained, so I don't know where the leverage actually is on that hold. But as a fan, well, I don't know where the, the the amount of time has lapsed either. So we'll just. You know, okay. maybe, maybe he was well, close maybe, to being healed up. Well, maybe it was a fake cast. Maybe, it maybe was he was cowboy. working. Maybe he was trying to work everyone. Yeah, just to get a get his partner in the match. Maybe Famous Pete is that smart. He worked Dario to get a partner for the match. Ooh. Let's just go with that. That's yes. why he didn't sell the arm break after a while because then he had, was actually in a fight and it wasn't actually broken. So whatever, we'll yeah. see. Um, I liked that. What else? We had the oh Taya Taya. And sexy star, yeah. last luchadora, last luchadora standing, standing. and yeah, um, it was really obvious to all of us who know anything about wrestling that there was going to be stacking tables involved when they put the first one down, unless she had grabbed the wrong table. When you see little circular discs on a table, it means stacking tables. Yeah, um, I wasn't upset about that though. I was like, no. whoa, these two are going to do a stacking table spot? Are we serious? And and they did what's to be expected. They did the Shane Douglas, and they. They beat each other with forearms all around the fucking ring till they finally got to the spot where they were going to do it. And it was all good work up to there. And then they climb up into the hard camera position and then, well, then they, they, they did it. They did it. It was awesome. Sexy, by the way, came out with a mouth guard. And so I <laughs> telegraphed didn't know, it. I didn't know what Taya was doing, but I knew Sexy was going to get fucked up at some point. But they both went through it, which is kind of cool. Like, they both put in the work on the match. They both should take the memorable spot. Yeah. And historically... And I'm wondering how it'll come across on TV, because the crowd was probably about 75-25 in favor of Taya. Yeah, and I'll tell yeah. you what. This was another one where, where I caught some of the producers' eyes over at the side, and they did look frustrated. Um, and, and, and that sucks for them. It's like, you know... Here's somebody that they invested a lot of time into in season three. Um, and by now, everyone will know that Sexy held the belt very briefly. It was a big yeah. deal. Um, you know, Lucha Underground directly slapped WWE in the face in, in the women's wrestling department in my book and really showed WWE what women's wrestling can and should be, um, even with the Sexy Star thing, whether you like her or not. I liked that they did that. Yeah. But here you get to the end of the season and Taya has been putting in such great work. And even though she's part of a heel faction, mm. she is super fucking over. She's yeah. kind of on this mini Pentagon status of even when her heel team comes out, everyone will boo every other heel on the team because you know you're supposed to, even if you like them. Even Jack Evans, who is like friends with everyone. Yeah. He still gets booed. And yet Taya, and I can't help it myself. I pop for Taya the whole time. Well, Taya has that... that um that resume before she showed up yeah, to she Lucha. Does. And with the Pentagon. Well, and the connection there too. They're both you know, they're both um in the Paris del Mall. Um and and basically Taya it's Lucha Underground is not a smart heel crowd. It's not like when like WWE would go to Canada and everyone wants to boo all the baby faces to prove how smart and hip they are. It's it's people get respect. And I think Taya, perhaps, to the Jack reference, she doesn't instill the heel response as good as Jack Evans does. But Jack she Evans, cuts great heel promos, but at the same yeah. time, she doesn't like Jack reinforces it all the time. Like, Jack I know is, you love me, motherfucker. Now, fuck you. Shove it up your asshole. Yeah. Jack is me. unparalleled. Yeah. He doesn't even need a microphone. He's the dragon slayer. Yeah. 
But and I will say also out of this weekend, I'm probably most proud of starting my mom and mom and dad Evans chant in the parking uh, lot. That's <laughs> probably my proudest moment of the whole weekend. Is cool. Yeah, his his dad popped for it. It was awesome. I hope uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they um, edit they edit around sixty stars. Um, oh, it was a ten count. Uh, yeah, match right. So. Apparently she didn't get completely up like she was supposed to and stumbled over to the side on her knees instead of completely standing up. Wasn't well, it's weird because Sexy Star is married to a very successful boxer and she's she says she's trained in boxing. And they that when you hear a 10, you're supposed sport, to get the fuck up. Yeah, that sport lives and dies by the 10 count. So she should know to answer a 10 count. You don't get on your knees and start crawling around. Right. And that happened in no. the middle of the match. She lost in the middle of the match live. Yeah, and then in person, she still was on her knees when she answered the. Tickets. What were you gonna say, Case? Uh, nothing. I was. Uh, I was just gonna say, boxers get the fuck up at ten. All but the in time. the U- Lucha Underground universe, sexy star is not married to a boxer, so it's okay. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's right. Oh yeah, sorry. I wrote Case Fabe. Wrote Case Fabe. He's back. I think we'll all agree, Taya was wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, yes and no. I think she she may have been robbed in actuality, but but in the in the hearts of the temple, she's not robbed at all. <laughs> Look, she was. She... Uh, you skipped over an important part of the evening in which your two favorite wrestlers won the trios titles with Willie Mack. What? Wasn't that after this? Well, anyway, yeah, let's let's talk about that. My two favorite wrestlers won the trios titles with Willie Mack. They beat the Serpent Society. Yeah, and this will have just happened on TV or something by the time you hear this. I don't know what they're going to call them. I don't know if they're going to call them Mac Ten. Uh, what 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 were the other great names for the the all black trios champions that people hey, came up with? Totally the not Soul racist, Casey. Soul Patrol. That was the other one. Soul Patrol. Oh, the racism is exquisite. No, look, this is fucking. I, I don't even. They, oh. they beat the snake, the, the snake posse. They beat Luchasaurus and Slee Stack and Drago. Um, I, I, I will say this right now. I know for a fact on this show, by this point in time, we will have given uh, Luchasaurus a whole lot of shit. Yeah. This, at this point in time, was probably the best stuff I'd seen from him, and I didn't have any problem with his work in this match. So I have to say that, because I always say, I will say the bad yeah. if, I, if I feel the bad, and I will say the good if I feel the good. I did not, uh, I did not have a problem with him in this match at all. All he did was throw a double choke slam and then get jumped on. But that was good booking. It was good. It yeah. was good booking. They booked him right this time. They weren't expecting a lot of him. They got some big spots. He did some choke slams. It was like any big guy with bad knees. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to protect a big guy with bad knees. And this time it worked for me. Like, don't put the big guy with bad knees in ultra luchador type spots. Like, I don't want to see him doing catches for five guys if he can't handle it on his knees. Yeah. Like, let me see him do his choke slam that he can work into. Let me see the big boot. Let me see him drop a fucking big knee drop or a leg drop or whatever. Whatever. That's fine. There's room for big guys with bad knees in this business. You just got to be careful with how you use them. And especially when half of your roster's high flyers. That's just my opinion. Slee, Slee Stack? Slee Stack, zipper guy. Zipper guy. His <laughs> zipper never works on that damn costume. He's awesome. Just got to say, that guy's awesome. He's really good. He needs a better zipper. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was so cool seeing um, the Soul Patrol win. They, Soul Patrol, you're going with that? I like the Mac 10. But that's, I guess a, that that's only one sense, of them, though. I guess. I don't know. I... I've, uh, 
Uh, oh no, my my suggestion was they all we rename all of them GI Bro and we call them the GI Bros. <laughs> but then that doesn't work necessarily for Mac. But I don't know. God damn it, firing with the GI Bros. Look, see, and here's the thing: I don't care about the level of racism. Um, even though New Day has basically been like a black trios champion in WWE for like a million years at this point in time. Um, I feel like they are more caricatures of, of black folks in the yeah. gimmick that they put on. Uh, I don't see that at all from Willie Mack, uh, Dante right. Fox, and Killshot. Like, these are gimmicks that have nothing to do... Well, Willie's does. Has a little bit to do with his, his street cred and his race or whatever. But not, not the other two guys. I heard him call Johnny Mundo the N-word once. Which is awesome, because that's just how you chant. say that shit. Like, what the fuck, nigga? What? The Willie will just drop that shit. He, cut he a don't pro- care. He cut a promo, waited, looked around with his Willie Mack eyes... And then he just dropped the N word, and then the place erupted in a holy shit chant. Look, and that's that's part of why this is one of the best tag uh, trios teams I could imagine. I cannot believe we're gonna have to wait till season four. Like, I pray to God we get tickets because I certainly wouldn't be able to wait all the way until the shit is on the air as with them as a trios in their trios run. Um, like, we have yeah. to get tickets to season four immediately when that shit happens because. Oh, yeah, we I, I need to see every match that these guys wrestle in together as a trios. And what's cool about it is that they still do some flippy shit. Like Mac yeah. might do more flippy shit than everyone else. But um, I didn't see this coming either. I'm going to say yeah. this because historically, that's kind of what this podcast is for. I did not see this one coming. I predicted a lot of things uh, very accurately for this weekend. But this was one of them where I just didn't see it coming. And it's incredible to me because these are uh, uh, some of my favorite fucking guys it, it was great it really yeah started the crowd off hot it was a bonus match and it was a super awesome ending on top yeah. of that everything about it was great and black and, people in under four years in lucha underground have real titles yeah and then we're gonna get <laughs> three tri- of them we're gonna get trios matches in lucha underground that we're not used to seeing with it's, AR and fucking and Shane, I are you kidding me? That's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I can't. Yeah, because they can fucking do even stupider bumps and then just tag out and not have to wrestle wrestle a match. Well, look, I mean, this has happened traditionally throughout the wrestling industry. You see these young guys, especially when they're working indies, doing this crazy shit. I mean. This kind oh, of like it's awesome crazy shit. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no I, I'm, I'm just not, saying. But this is like TNA X Division was those first couple of years where you know they're doing stuff off the yeah. giant scaffolding. And, and here's the thing: I hope that everyone, like, I'm not going to condone some of the stuff that these guys do, and and you know maybe they should take it a little easier. Like when I saw when I saw Dante Fox the second day, the first thing I said to him in the morning when I was like, "You're back," I was like, "Brother, you should have took a day." And he was like, eh, what are you going to do? That was all he said. And it was just like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to fucking apron bump on the back of my neck, get myself all fucking cut up to pieces, and then come back the next day for more. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. But that wasn't his personal choice. And I'm happy because the match was amazing. I had no idea that he was going to have the belt on. And But please, people, enjoy the matches that these guys are putting yeah. on now. It's like if you could have... Um, AJ Styles in WWE the same way that he was when he was the X Division champ and jumping off the X scaffolding in the sky and all that kind of shit. Like, how hard would you pop if you had that AJ Styles now? How hard would you pop if you had Ring of Honor CM Punk now? That's these guys 
right now today. Mm-hmm. They're doing that shit. This is RVD in his prime doing coast to coast. This is that moment. Yeah. So enjoy every minute that you see these guys wrestle. I can't say that it's smart. I can't say that they're going to last forever. But I can say that the shit that we saw through season three of these guys and the shit that we hopefully see in season four, respect every minute of it because these guys are seriously putting their health on the line for your fucking entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's great to see them just steal the show on Saturday. And yeah. then... Like first thing Sunday. First thing they, Sunday. They put that they put the belts on them. Like there is a reward, reward, right? You know, like they and it should it. be. And they got it. It should it's be great. because le- walking out of there the first night. I mean, a lot of people were just kind of like, dude. I, and I'm talking the old school heads. I'm talking like Large and John and Mill Machetes and those the old school dudes who've seen a lot of wrestling were like, damn. That was a little bit much. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. And I was with the old heads on this one. I was yeah. like, man, I was a huge ECW mark. And I'm, I love those, these two performers. And I don't know. And then when especially they brought Dante out on the fucking stretcher for real, I was like, man, what the fuck? Was that really worth it? Just for one match? Yeah. And then, thankfully, they put the belts on them. So I'll shut up about it now. All right, what's the next match? What's the next match, Casey? What else was there before our big, big thing that we already kind of talked about? Fuck, anyway? wasn't that it? Like, the, I, I don't remember anything gauntlet, else. The gauntlet. The gauntlet. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, the glove match where Cuerno came back. I was giving you an out just there, Justin. That's all right. about how great King Cuerno's return was. Now, go yes. ahead. You can go ahead and talk about it. Uh, that match itself, you have three guys. You have Cage. And Mil Moretes, and then you have like Mini Cage, um, <laughs> Jeremiah Jeremiah Crane. Crane. You're gonna call Sammy Callahan the the Mini Cage. They have that going. They, it's so weird to see him doing this Jeremiah Crane gimmick, by the way. And I don't know how much of him on TV we'll have seen at this point, but he's still getting Death Machine chants. And they've yeah. just kind of given him this completely random name. I don't know what the backstage gimmick to it is. None of us have seen the backstage gimmick at this point. He's yeah. just kind of this new character. And the first time he came out, they said his new name. Nobody popped for it. Nobody cared. Nobody said it. Nobody used it. But by the second time, everybody in the entire temple started chanting Jeremiah for him. It was yeah. really awesome to see that. Like It was unprompted. Um, and he totally got over with this gimmick. And then his uh, his his winding it up and running all the way around and doing the tumble That's into amazing. the chairs in G section. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, about, Every time he's done, it's been awesome, and this match was no exception. He's about half the size of his two opponents. Yeah. And he went in there and beat the shit out of them. Now, the, the, the spot that everyone, everyone popped for, and, oh, God, I thought Jamie was going to turn blue and puke, was the 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 sticks in the head of Cage uh, thing? Oh, such a great uh, gimmick! I'm not even going to tell you how that gimmick works and just let you people enjoy uh, it for what it was. He, he but I mean, people were looking like they were going to vomit in the temple. No one has apparently seen this gimmick. That looks so awesome! Oh man, like okay, it's one thing to see something fucked up happen when you're anticipating it. Yeah, but to see something that fucked up happen just kind of out of nowhere. Let's see, I, I think I saw that gimmick in, I think it was XPW, probably about eight or yeah. nine years ago. Um, so it's not a new gimmick. Like I knew, and I was just laughing, but it worked so well with yeah. Cage's mohawk that people were just, I mean, literally like going was, to vomit. Like people who had no problem with 
Phoenix bleeding all over, no problem with the kill shot, uh, Dante Fox match. All of a sudden, we're just like turning blue, ready to puke everywhere. It was amazing. I was laughing my ass off. And this is when the fucking... The rest of them got kind of fucked up when Mill went through the glass, too. Oh, yeah. That was pretty, oh, that ended up his, more gory than a chill shot. His arm was just... Yeah, well, he went in hard yeah. way. Like, he went in, he went in like, kind of arm, hand first, instead of, like, ducking his flat back into it because of how the glass was set up. Like, it was not the right approach to do the spot that way. It should have been a softer back bump into the glass, and instead, he does a running bump, so he had to put his arm down. Um, or else he would have fucking compacted his head on the, the wall on the other side. So he had to take the bump that way, but it was not good for the carnage on his arm. It was pretty ugly. Um, but that match was that match was fun. Like, I don't know where the angle is going and the gauntlet being the prize. I don't know what that's about, but we'll see. Yeah, it was... The Infinity Gauntlet, man. He gets to control reality. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they can come into the future and explain it to me. <laughs> it was it was a good show all around. And I also want to know how they do the whole teleportation with the lights. Over with the Crano thing. It was weird because, you know, yeah. Byron and I being TV guys, it was like, it was they were filming way too dark for that to really work. It didn't make any sense to me. Uh, even camera wise, like it was all back. No, it's because that is a cut. So all the the whole time the lights are off. Yeah, but they didn't. But they didn't bring the lights back up for the whole angle. It was all backlit oh, spotlight. Right. That is fucking weird. And that's why I didn't get it. You know, and I was kind of like, I don't know how this is gonna fucking work. I don't know how this is gonna play out. Um, Maybe somebody fucked up a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I was worried. I was worried, but they didn't stop or reset or reshoot anything. So, yeah, and they're not afraid to do that. Yeah. So, you know, right by now, you you at home, you already know how it looks on TV, but we're still baffled by it. It's one of our, our big question marks from it. It's like, how the fuck is that going to play out? Um, and honestly, if you have one camera with a good close-up on somebody's face, they can cheat it. Like, we didn't see Cuerno at the end with the kidnapping mill thing at the end of that grave yeah. consequences match either. Nobody knew what was going on in the temple there and it pulled off fine uh, on TV. So I'm assuming it's going to be one of those. What happened after that? Um, what happened after that was uh, Prince Puma had to face Johnny Mundo with his, uh, his future in Lucha Underground on the line. So he wins and uh, his future's fine. I don't even need to get into the match. You know, these two guys had the, the first headlining match in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Uh, epic. And then this match was equally as epic. They do great flippy shit. It wasn't uh, Ricochet Osprey level, though, which I, I, I was kind of wondering to see if Mundo was going to try to up his game past where it is, which I don't think he needs to. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, which I kind of appreciate. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like that That match was a bit of a spectacle and, and it's sort of an exhibition thing. This one had a lot more story yeah. behind it. I, they may have like done a little bit of like this, like the warm-up, but it really, it was, there's a lot of story behind this, so you had to get the uh, Worldwide Underground running in. The run-ins were great, though, man. Yeah. I haven't popped that hard for run-ins I almost yeah. could have guaranteed were coming They did it so in a million years. And then Angelico came in, just kneed everyone in the face. Right. And then everything was great. And then when yeah, that the, was and Helico return should be big, and I expect to hear Vamp and Stryker yelling their asses off on the commentary about how huge that was. Mm-hmm. And then when, when that was all done, the dust settled, 
And then they had a hell of a match after that. Yeah, they had more of a match. And 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 Puma went over. I had originally thought that they would just kind of end the Puma's night there. Um, having been there now, it makes more sense that they did not end it right there. Yeah. Um, and this will be interesting to see on TV because when we were there, this next bit where Dario comes out of the office was done very slowly and kind of deliberately. And then in looking up, there's PAs and producers running around with new pieces of script. Um, Byron and I talked earlier tonight, and we're pretty sure Vampiro was probably in on it because he probably agented the match. But at the same time, you almost couldn't tell. Vampiro threw his new script down. Um, Stryker is looking and reading his new script furiously. Um, not really, I don't know if he was given new stuff to say or new stuff to do. The, the assistant director is running over and setting up a Dario spot. Dario comes out of the office and, but wait, 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 wait. His thing that he normally does. Yeah. And, wait, wait, wait. And he interrupts uh, the big celebration of Puma getting the Saints and resets everything and says that basically Pentagon's going to cash in his gift to the gods. He talked to him last week yeah. and he normally wouldn't do it on short notice. Before, so, before he did that, though, he they had to turn the lights down and wait for the entire temple full of people wearing brand new Pentagon dark shirts to stop blowing the surprise. Oh yeah, that, uh, and that was one of those times <laughs> where, I, where I saw Eric Van Wagnen and he was just pissed. The AD is holding everything up. There started a zero uh, zero miedo chant um, because we all felt it coming at that point. It was the prediction that I had made two or three weeks beforehand. This was happening. As soon as Dario came out, we kind of all knew it was going to actually go down. There'd been some rumors around, and I had started some of them to a certain extent. Like People were asking me, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? I would be like, I think Pentagon's going to turn the shit in and win. Yeah. I wasn't being quiet about it at all, because <laughs> I didn't have any inside information, and I was just like, well, fuck. I think this is how it's going to go down. This is what I want to happen. I'm going to say it and hope to God it happens. Mm -hmm. We, we saw CM Roach briefly before the intermission, and he was just like, yeah, you guys are going to love what's going to happen. Check it out, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be pretty cool. And we are just like, D -d -d what? And like, we didn't know. Nobody told us. But at the same yeah. time, I was like, please let that be the big cool thing that everyone says is going to happen. Let it happen, please. And it happened. It was happening. The whole audience felt it happening. We blew it completely. They had to wait for us. And then as soon as we finally stopped chanting for Pentagon, we let Dario get out his announcement that it was fucking Pentagon. Yeah. And then they kind of set up the match twice. Yeah. Right? How, do you, how did you feel about the setup, Byron? Uh, well, they didn't ring the bell either time. And Dario, it, was, it just felt so weird. And like they, like they were fucking up in person until you went back and thought about it. Right. And it's basically... Mm. Dario just did two sound bites, and it but just, they were two clearly different versions. Like yeah, at first, one, I thought, "Oh shit, they blew something." The camera wasn't was, in the right spot, so they have to redo it. Yeah, one was. Yeah, we thought that they were redoing it, but then it was like he sense. was in an earpiece listening or something, and the AD came over with a new script in his hand yeah. and was looking at paper, and they were like, you know, all right, go. So yeah, so basically, one was uh, normally I like to promote this gift of the gods match. But fuck it, right. you're fighting Pentagon now, ring the bell. A second time was, also I'm Dario Cueto, so it's career versus career. Right. Have fun. Career versus career, not even career versus title anymore. Like, yeah. you know as the audience, one of these motherfuckers has to go home forever at the yeah. end of this match. And now, I don't know if that made it on TV at this point or not. I'm sure by the time you guys are at home or listening to this, yeah. you will know the answer. And so you have one up on us. And, uh, yeah, so uh, 
Yeah. Unless somebody, what if somebody hacks my computer and leaks this? Oh my God, we'll be so banned. Casey keeps talking about it. I have so to put this on like an encrypted drive. Yeah, but here, here's the fun thing about that. Uh, when they, when when Puma won the belt, they they um, they got rid of the loser leaves sound gimmick, whatever. Right. And we're like, oh, he's staying. We don't know what he's doing. We I don't, don't think know. He knows what he's doing yet. But, um, but. They got rid of it, so they didn't need to fuck with it anymore, and anything could happen. Yeah. But then they still sort of bring it back again. And during the whole match, I felt, I thought that that was the stipulation of the match. I didn't make the connection that there were options until after the match. So I'm watching the match, really hoping Pentagon wins, knowing that one of these guys is going to leave, or thinking one of them is going to leave. Also, one of them has a brand new shirt. One of them has a brand new shirt, and oh my God, if you if you ever thought Pentagon was over before this, here's a guy, Puma, who has been super over in the temple forever. He gets lots of chants and whatnot. It was almost hard to get decent 50-50 chants going yeah. for Puma, and it was almost like, God, I was almost feeling bad for Puma in the middle of this, but mm-hmm. it was like, dude, but... but we feel like you might be going anyway, and Pentagon's always been our guy, so we all have to go with Pentagon. I'm yeah. sorry about your damn luck. And it felt well, so rude as a wrestling sorry, fan. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, that motherfucker said on me it'll be in the face, so this is like the <laughs> ultimate poetic justice for me. <laughs> Just saying. You know, uh, well, it, and, and it is to a certain extent, but so we don't even need to yeah. get in the match or whatever, but it, you get to the finish... Pentagon goes over in spectacular fucking fashion. Oh. I mean, it is a an eruption. Like I, I don't know where I was for four or five minutes. I'm pretty sure I jumped out of my skin. Um, you know, and I, and and it was almost like a fuck you get out to Puma at first. Like it really was. I don't know how it's gonna play on TV, but it was like he no mercy. Get the fuck out of here, Puma. The crowd was like, we are celebrating Pentagon right now. We don't give a fuck about you. Na 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 na. Hey hey. Goodbye. Get yeah. the and fuck Pentagon out. Mike basically did a get the fuck out of here, Puma. Yeah, and then yeah. Pentagon cut his fucking promo. The whole thing, and then I feel like it sank in for all of us of like, oh shit. That was kind of fucking rude. Here's a guy who poured his heart into yeah. Lucha Underground, who really performed his ass off for all of us. And thank God, and I don't know if any of this will actually air or not, but um, so if you if it didn't air, you're going to be hearing it here. Uh, oh, yeah, I think that shit was for us, actually. But yeah, it might have been. I mean, they, they yeah. rolled on it because you never know what's going to happen. He came back and, and really kind of he kept his mask on everything, but broke kayfabe a little bit. It was definitely, you know... Puma talking to the fans, thanking them. Everyone gave him mad appreciation and love. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, the future doesn't, he doesn't know what the future holds for him. So as yeah. of us recording this right now, by the way, we still don't know. Um, there's rumors that he might go one way or another or whatever. So we don't know, but it was a weird moment for all of us. And then the, the, the show was over and ended after he cut his promo. And even after it ended, then the locker room emptied out. Vampiro yeah. came out. He said a lot of stuff about, you know, and uh, uh, Puma, and, and it was just, a, it was a great moment where the whole locker room emptied out. I don't think you'll see it on TV. Mm-hmm. Every single performer, some of them already had their masks off and whatnot, came out. 
yeah. um, and just celebrated the guy for what he put in. He was the first Lucha Underground champion. He was a great champion. He helped the company build a legacy. And seeing that moment and kind of all of us, especially being there and being a part of it, plus with Pentagon's win, uh, was just amazing. It was great. If, yeah, if that, all I cared about at that point was that Pentagon was the champion and that I was the last person he high-fived on his way out. <laughs> You're so mean. Great. Well, if that was his last show, it was it was a historic event for Lucha Underground. It was. And, it was and if it's not his last show, then they use the other match beginning. That's right. true, and we'll probably have a good idea of that at this point. But yeah. It's, but Puma earned that respect when Lucha Underground was in season one trying to like introduce its stars, introduce its characters, introduce its stories. Puma anchored the show and he held the title and he was he was the standard that proved Lucha Underground right. it has great wrestling. Well, I have to say this. I'm gonna end it here, guys. I am really yeah. excited to hear what uh future Byron, Justin, and Casey have to say about this. So let's throw it to those guys in the future and see what their thoughts are on this little walk down memory lane and where things really lie now. I also want to say that I'm I'm really enjoying um, all of the really great stuff that my best friend um, Kevin Cross is doing on the show now. Yeah, and I'm really glad he's not your best friend. He still wants I'm to really, kill you. And I really want to bad. give uh, future future Byron a congratulations on the gender reassignment surgery. It's it's working out nicely. Thanks, thanks Casey. It's working out. Like the hair is coming in now. Finally, um, well, so uh, we'll throw it to our future selves, and uh, until we get ourselves to the future, we're going to go back in time. And until next time, we go to the future. Stay calm and stay in the mix. Hey, hi, we're back. Hi. <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming back? We're, we're back already. Because I, I edited the whole thing in. So the best part about the fact that we're back now is that uh, we didn't hear any of what was just played to all of you people. Uh, I was going <laughs> to pretend I heard it. And it was very interesting. And okay, well, let's, pretend, let's do the pretending thing. Oh, my God. Can you believe that we said all those things and we were so on the money? Uh, it had to be said. <laughs> It had to be said, and we were the ones to say it. That's and, we, and we said it loud and clear. <laughs> right? It's, it's. I mean, what's truly remarkable is everything about what we were, what we recorded at that day. We are. We, I mean, except for the stuff that Casey said, but he's not here to defend himself, so that's perfect. Yeah. I can't believe he said all those things. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. So. We pre-taped this whole episode, so I have I still haven't listened to that that you just heard at this point until I listened to this because now I'm probably watching this and listening to this. So now I have heard it, but I can't comment on it because that hasn't happened yet. I need a fucking TARDIS. Does anybody have a TARDIS for me to figure this out? What's a TARDIS? Is that like those uh, uh, laptop bags? A sonic screwdriver would fix a TARDIS that would Targus. help me figure what this out. What is that, Jimmy Five? That's a Oh my god! I hate you, Byron. You don't know what that is? No. Look You're what I got. Worst nerd ever. I went to see Blade Runner for the second time last night. I still haven't passed. seen it, so fuck you. It's awesome. Go ahead. No spoilers, but I I first got an IMAX ticket to Fandango, and I got a free Decker Funko Pop 
mailed to me because Deckard. 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 there's a d Deckard. at the end Deckard. 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 i'm wearing a mask that's what i said i saw a, i got a free deckard funko pop from fondango what did you say you got your dick hard from a funko pop <laughs> you see this i got this because i saw the movie in imax and you didn't see the movie you didn't get this and you no, know what this is a great segue thank you byron because i will be attending stan lee's la comic-con representing the mmm show yeah! Oh, did you just have that sitting? You ripped off my gimmick, dude. <laughs> and did it better. <laughs> Hold on. I got some for you, jabronis. Oh hey, he God. has to get up. That's not fair. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy didn't have to even go anywhere, dude. He just schooled you without moving, like, even a half an inch. What up, pendejos? What is that? I believe that is the Master Public exclusive. No. Uh, no? No. I, what is I got it? This made Your screen is all blue. You're holding it too close. Back it up, dude. Learn how to do this thing. Yeah. Now I'm seeing my own reflection. <laughs> I like it. It's a Funko Pop of me. That's awesome. <laughs> is that Pentagon with a belt? Pentagon Dark. What the fuck is going on? How the fuck? Justin, move You can't out. even show move, things to move the camera. Move out of the way. I'm not in the way. What the fuck? It's you have to talk. You have hey, to talk, Byron. So noise, 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 noise. Look at this: Pentagon Dark, Lucha Underground Champion, Funko Pop. Suck my dick. That looks like somebody made it out of cotton balls and Sharpie. That's not. That's not even a good Funko Pop. This is a great Funko Pop. It's awesome. It was made by Boo Nanners on. Uh, I'm kidding. Twitter. It's pretty. It's you pretty can, awesome. You look it up. I have. Uh, I have a picture of it on my Instagram, so you can find all the links to the phenomenal. Byron, wait. You spent it. all this, this whole week trying to explain to me how you weren't a mark. That is a very markish thing to own. I'm just saying. Betty Nanners, uh, BooNanners.com. It's really awesome, and no one else has something like this. Well. Fuck you. Go to my Twitter or my Instagram or find it. And then you can find the very talented artist who Justin wishes that he, that he could. Uh, yeah, whatever. Hey, stuff. Jimmy, did you go to the Thor Ragnarok premiere? No one cares. Uh, what is I that? Did. I did. And that's when Casey gave me shit for not wearing an MMM show shirt. Interesting. What the? Yeah, uh, you can't please everyone. Screw that guy. How was it? How is the movie? Is it super awesome? I want to see it. I mean, it's des it deserves the ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's I'm biased though. What can I say? Well, good. Somebody should be shilling for the damn thing. I mean, it seems great. And when, I'm when sure is, we're all shilling though. When does Justice League come out though? Because I want to know how long it it's going to last. It comes out like two weeks. It comes out like two weeks afterward. That's so crazy. Did they do that on purpose? Like, why Why would they do that to themselves or to Thor Ragnarok? Isn't it better if all the comic book movies do good? Like, why doesn't it get, like, a nice wide berth? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I thought it should open during the summer, but I don't know how that whole thing works. I mean, I, their marketing campaign looks like fan Photoshop, so I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird when you see a trailer for a movie, especially a big budget movie like that, and when we go see a movie like every few weeks and you see the trailer for that big one coming out, every trailer is completely different. Byron, what are you talking about? Is this even the English language that, that you're using? League, that, that movie, oh, Justice League. Batman, and they hint that Superman is defeated by Batman. I guess I didn't see the fucking Batman Superman movie because it was stupid. 
But oh, apparently God, Su- Superman is supposed to be, I guess, banished, but then he comes back and Alfred is like, we've been waiting I didn't for even you. really like the Wonder Woman movie that much. Like, I just felt it was a little too dark mm-hmm. for what the character is supposed to be. I had issues yeah. with it. And I just rewatched it again recently thinking, oh, maybe I was wrong. I should get another shot. And I was like, no, no, it's really just still not entirely my thing. It's not bad. And the performances are great, but something about mm-hmm. it is off to me. Well, I didn't know anything but, about the character or the history of, you know, what they're supposed to be loyal to. I just saw it as a movie and I sort of knew sort of who the person was, the character was. I thought it was a great movie and I thought it was a lot of fun. But to me, I didn't, like, I wasn't looking for where they weren't true to right. the character or anything. Like, if they went dark or wherever they went, I just went along for the ride. I didn't think that's inappropriate for, I don't know, however many years of history the character already has well everyone needs to go see thor ragnarok this weekend and next weekend next weekend whenever is november oh 3rd. yeah it's yeah november 3rd everyone needs to go see it immediately spend your money on that one <laughs> there's the, the hot um all right wwe let's talk a little wwe real quick either you guys watch yeah. the uh the, the ppv as i like to still call it even though you're not really paying per view you anymore know, and you just uh, i think uh, i think i've just been so involved with life that i have not watched the last three pay-per-views that's awesome fine, i love when good. my life gets to that point that makes you a better person than me <laughs> and i've barely been saw- watching raw like the only thing i really caught of raw was the whole under siege thing which that was kind of cool but t- way too long i mean i'm i'm i don't know maybe i think i'm in the minority what i'm saying like i just didn't like it because it didn't make sense like i get it because they're all it's all about brand superiority and you know they're all representing smackdown but to me i get it you're representing smackdown and you're proud of your brand but then you have these faces beating up other faces it's like if none of those people turned heel what was the point because well and that's the that's the weird part about it it's like you're doing this kind of invasion semi nwo-esque angle but you're not doing the early cool NWO thing. You're doing NWO when there was like NWO Wolfpack and NWO Black and White and LWO and like 15 factions to the NWO already because all these people already have feuds going on. Like if you're going to steal a faction angle, why would you want to steal the end of the NWO era as your model? Yeah, I think the fact that you're using NWO is probably giving it too much praise. I immediately thought aces and eights. That's oh, how bad okay. I it was. Oh, really? Like, I, I don't really watch any of that Aces and Eight stuff. I thought I thought they were trying to replicate the NWO, Kevin Nash, Ray Mysterio, Lawn Dart moment, you know? But I also, I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting idea. I thought it was a little early before I, the pay-per-view because it's, it's not this weekend or next weekend, is it? No. No. Yeah, I thought it was like it's a great. This is the home. one with the biggest gap in a while. Like I think there's actually a full month. This is like the first yeah. time there won't be just like two weeks be- between pay per views. I think it's a great go home concept. I don't know if they can have the follow through on SmackDown. They really they did a really cool thing where you know you have Kevin Owens obviously had an issue, had a personal matter, so he wasn't around. But they might tie that in. Uh, Sami Zayn did not participate because he does not like his his GMs. Yeah, but they and gave him a little bit of the rub but, back on it on the the actual SmackDown show. Well, he, he came out and fucked with Shane a little bit, but also, um, but also they teased something because Raw didn't come back, but 
Daniel Bryan. He, by the way, was totally. Oh, like, come on! You can't. You can see the tease coming from a million miles away. Angle is going to show up at SmackDown Live with another milk truck, so he can have another giant milk truck spray down highlight. Well, you need well, to have angle. Well, hey now, and believe me, in three weeks when it happens, that's totally. That's it. The go home moment is Kurt Angle with another milk truck spray down. You heard it here first. When it happens, send me a fucking royalty check. All right. Well, I don't know about milk. I don't know if they have the budget for that anymore. But <laughs> they I don't do have pyro anymore. But it, yeah, but it is pretty obvious that why would they not do Shane versus Angle? Also, um, the match Shane versus Angle yeah. because Shane crazy and kurt is broken dear lord i hope they don't do that match again you remember their first match yeah but they don't need to do a cage or anything anymore now that's an actual match that shane can do that has heat in it go back and watch their first match again. no i know i've seen it yeah but shane is like super sloppy and kurt almost kills him like twice in that match and that would happen again because now kurt will be super sloppy and shane is always super sloppy and they're both hotheads and dumbasses and Kurt will break his neck. Shane will break an arm and yeah. somebody will get mangled. Well, <laughs> they should what, not wrestle each other. But that's a story that they're building to. Oh dear but, Lord. I hope, I hope it's just my milk truck thing. But what do you think about how they teased where Daniel Bryan was? He, it seemed like he did not approve of the, of the um, takeover. And he said, when they come back, when they come attack us and they will come and get revenge on us on our show, it's going yeah, to be they're just finally starting to lead to a reason to fire Daniel Bryan for a while so he can go sit on a beach with whichever Bella twin it is that he's married to. Well, Daniel Bryan's going to be wrestling for another company in the next two years. Oh, yeah. He'll be back in ROH. Guaranteed. He's going to be doing the biggest matches in Mexico and Europe that there's going to be, and he's going to be... Maybe like, he'll get signed to Lucha Underground for season four. <laughs> holy shit. I'm sorry. Uh, trying to start as many ridiculous r- rumors as everyone else does right. because apparently that's how you get that's how you pop your numbers for your lucha underground uh dirt sheets and podcasts like, you, you just it. say things that uh, could never ever happen in lucha underground are going to happen next week and then everyone clickbaits you and then you're super popular and everyone loves you even when they tell you a week later that you're dumb and it was all wrong I don't know if it's impossible with how long it's going to take to get to season four. I think it's very, very plausible that one of two options you have for El Bunny. Or who knows? Like the maestro could end up being whoever because it's a mask. I really think Daniel Bryan is going to be the bunny. And that Kajuchka Okada is going to be the maestro at the end of the day. Can you say can you say Okada's name one more time? Kazuchka Okada. I have a fucking mask on, dude. I'm- <laughs> I can't understand the accent. Whatever. All right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the American Dream Dusty Rose could have said that better than you. It's gonna Tell be, you what, baby. It's gonna the be Mucho, Okada. It's gonna be <laughs> Mucho Bueno. You're gonna have Okada versus Daniel Bryan El Rabito for for the These whole temple. Words. They're not even words. It's guaranteed to happen. And you know what? It's it would sell tickets, but you don't sell tickets to that show. Oh my God! You have issues. Um, I mean, I hate to spoil the biggest spoiler. All right, I'm going to go back to the pay per view really quick. Uh, Finn yeah. Balor, Fergal Davitt versus uh, AJ Styles and their little too sweet moment. That match was great, and that yeah. match was great because I'm pretty sure it didn't have an agent. Yeah. And those guys went in and did moves that aren't even allowed in WWE these days. 
And uh, the announcers actually called out a couple of them like, oh, we've never seen that here before. Like, no, you haven't because Vince won't let anyone do those yeah. moves. I'm actually surprised. I did, So I actually did go back and watch clips of it, but I'm surprised that both Corey Graves and Michael Cole called the uh, uh, Ushiguroshi. Ushiguroshi. I, no, didn't they? I thought they, I was, I thought, I was looking for that. And I thought they did. Words, Byron, what Byron, a, I thought they did the what a maneuver for that. What a maneuver. <laughs> You know I guess they so. But they like, maybe they did. Maybe they. Maybe they did call it. But I don't. I just whenever I see that, I hear um, uh, Moro in my head going, "Ushi Goroshi." Yeah, that's why. Like I'm, I haven't heard anyone call it since Moro. So that's why when they both called it, I was like, "Oh shit!" Well, I mean, I think that the lack of preparation for that match did only good things for that match because they pretty much just let it happen. Those guys, they weren't in business for themselves. They were keeping business alive by just like, um, Hey, we could just do this thing. I'm pretty sure we can pull it off and uh, we'll just go out there and wrestle. Like we're in Japan for 25 minutes and it'll be great. I was going to say that was pretty much like um, if you were watching a match for road to dominion, that's pretty much what that was. It was awesome. It was a great match. And the two sweet moment, it was just, it was a pure bullet club match and it was a great moment. And it was almost great that there wasn't any buildup because we kind of got our pure AJ and Fergal moment. Yeah. Which was sweet. I mean, and this is, this, that was the best filler that they could have possibly come up with. I mean, that was really genius. Yeah. What happened Monday was it all went away, but that's fine. Let it just be a moment in time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I at least commend WWE for doing something so drastic because they knew fans would get pissed off that they would not be getting the shield. Yeah. Not that yeah. they really want to care too much about Finn and Bray, but the fact is, is like we need to give even more incentive to watch now. Well, how about this? How do you actually deliver the Finn and Bray match now? Because that was that whole program. Oh, that's that, I was thinking yeah. that right in the middle of the match during all of the slow spots. That was all I was thinking was, oh my god, will they really go back to the Sister Abigail Demon feud at any point in time? Now that they've done this instead, like I just can't, I can't fathom that being okay, even in the WWE universe at this point. Yeah, I really hope that they use the opportunity to just kind of forget all that. Yeah, just bring 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 Bray back with the Barbarian Brothers or whatever the fuck they are on SmackDown. Just get those guys back together. Let them be the Wyatt family again, and let's pretend that this Bray solo run went a whole lot better than it did. Yeah. <laughs> those guys are the two B in uh, that that the fashion files have been looking for. By the way, yeah, I I know those Fandango whatever Breezango clips are actually very entertaining to me. Oh, they I need mean, their own show on the network. Yeah. They're great, but it's also it's also kind of funny to me that they brought back the Bludgeon Brothers with a whole new name. They're trying to get them get them over as their own sort of entity, even though they're they're a Wyatt tag team, and then they immediately throw them into Ascension Land. Yeah, of course. But <clears throat> yeah, I I would just just give them all take all those guys give all those guys to Bray Wyatt. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, he needs that because he needs someone to take falls for him in his programs. Yeah, instead of him, like th- this way he won't have to job all the time because it's horrible. Remember when, remember when that character had so much promise before NXT? they screwed it all up? 
It was it like was so I didn't, they even had a chance right right before right before they split up all the belts and did all the this shit. Like right after the brand split, he had a chance. They had some great momentum with him on a couple occasions, and then the Randy Orton program was just like, oh, oh. breaks are on your program. Your shit is ruined, dude. Sorry. Well, that and the Randy Orton program, I think, is the thing that ruined him the most because it had potential and it was going well and it was interesting for a minute, and it made Randy interesting for a minute, and then you you decide, okay, I'm going to pay attention to him. I think this might be something cool, and then you see the payoff, and you go. There's, it'll never be cool. Well, and now that now that the Miz has the bar, why don't they? They should just give at least Bray back his brother. Like, give him his own brother, right? Yeah. Well, well, how do you introduce that as a character? He's just like, the new Wyatt family member. He just shows up. Oh, he's, he's just a Wyatt now. <laughs> Fuck it. At this like, point, you're right. Yeah, like let's just rebuild. Let's just pretend that all this other stuff didn't happen, and all I of a sudden, if, the Wyatt family is the Wyatt family. If you can have Finn and AJ have an amazing match on a pay per view, and the very next night have them job to Kane, I guess anything's possible. Exactly. I mean, yeah, why not? Because you look at like everyone is like a money making asset to a company, and you're like Finn was a champion for a minute and he got hurt and he was down for a while. We've been trying to rekindle the fire and pure luck. Who would have thought now he gets to have an open that just a full out, you know, match with AJ Styles. We have a bullet club match that everyone cares about more than anything else out of nowhere. And it delivers and you have the big moment. And now you have Finn Balor who won, who everyone's paying attention to and cares about. And what you do is you have, Kane, who hasn't done shit for forever and won't do shit after after the next pay-per-view cycle, just job him out. Yeah, why not? So Vince likes a big man. So it's <laughs> like you had someone who was you were excited to make you money and you figured out a way to overcome ad- adversity and get him to make you money again, and you're like, fuck it. Get yeah, but he was the first ever universal champ. <laughs> I mean, I think the only good thing about that whole thing that happened with Kane is the fact that it, Kane choke slammed him like three times. But he didn't so, kick out after the first one. He just was such a bitch, he could get beat up that bad. That's well, true. The whole thing was amazing. Anyway, WWE Universe is uh, it's in a place. I, like my whole thing with the with the uh, the whatever their hashtag is for their SmackDown invasion. What is the hashtag? Under siege. Under siege. Is that it? That's I really movie. think you get to see Erica Linex movie uh, boobs in that movie, right? I, yeah, I have a good story about that movie that I'll tell you someday, but I Thumbs can't tell it on up. the air because I don't know if the statute of limitations is up on it yet. Um, uh, I'll tell you later. Wearing anyway, a, I'm wearing so, a mask. Wearing a mask. I could be anyone. You're wearing a mask, but I'm not. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jimmy Five. Listen, responsibility for what I'm trying to say is that this under siege thing could have worked. I feel like there was something there, but like I, I feel like it. they should have taken a week and there should have been some guys plotting and not really knowing what they were plotting and what they were up to. And maybe you even see Shane O'Mac kind of getting involved in it. And then they come out and like, you know, SDL spray painted shirts or something different, not just the blue SmackDown shirts, because that was super lame. 
And they're not even trying to sell that merchandise. Like, how does WWE get these things so wrong? Like, a badass makeshift SDL shirt yeah. could have actually started something cool and make, like, those dudes within SmackDown some kind of SDL faction. Like, yeah. if you're going to do it, do what people have done in the past and... St- like people are dying for a faction right now. That's why they've wanted the shield to come back. People are dying for a couple of these good things as old and rehashed as it really is. But I don't know. I'm people just tired just of the whole brand just brand split war thing, because if you look at it, no matter what happens, there's no winner because it, right. yeah. everyone usually expects raw to win. So because of that, SmackDown wins. And if SmackDown loses, SmackDown is just conf- it confirms everyone's belief that SmackDown is the weaker yeah, brand. Yeah, because they are. Ugh, it's so sad. I don't even know how to address it anymore. I mean, does that mean they're going to bring bragging rights back too? Why would you make a belt out of bragging rights? Also, it's leading up to Survivor Series, which has been one of the most historically like ruined pay-per-view concepts in WWE history. Like you look to the payoff of what they're doing. Like, are maybe they're doing something interesting? It's pay attention, see what happens. But we already know it's gonna suck. Yeah, of course it is. Um, I don't know, Byron. What we we were talking earlier about Could this uh, this UFC okay. thing. Um, yeah. where Joanna Janjacek, that's right, Joanna Champion, Joanna Janjacek, uh-huh. which is crazy name. Um, got into Rose Namajunas's face and basically was kind of calling her out on her mental health issues. Yeah. And Rose has been very straightforward in the past saying that she hasn't been mentally all there and she's got some demons in her past and she's been overcoming those things and she's trying to use them as a positive thing. Like she should be the poster child for people overcoming that kind of stuff. And Joanna's basically just telling her she's broken. She's never going to win because she's already broken in her head and she just doesn't have the the mental strength to do it. So what's your take on this? Do you think that this is, I mean, it seems like pretty legitimate trash talk in the fact that she's not wrong and she's not lying, but is it, unfair to and un pc to attack somebody in that nature in promoting a fight i think it's a very complicated issue um i i know i mean uh mike tyson told lennox lewis he was going to eat his children is this worse than that uh i mean it i don't know it's that's one of its more the eating your children's a little bit more fantastical but it's like there is a certain uh bar i think that you need to be able to hit when you're talking trash or promoting a fight and maybe when you get into it you're you just kind of you're okay with certain areas being uh touched upon personally i kind of i don't think you go this route i don't think you poke fun or or you attack someone for this sort of thing about them um but also you're trying to win a fight and so there's also the element of doing everything you can. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if nothing else, I think that doing that with Rose, and I actually said it on this show a couple of weeks ago that I was happy that they were on this particular card because there's three belts on there and they're the, the lowest of the three belts so that they were going to have to do less promoting and Rose wasn't going to have to get into this kind of stuff, which I felt was going to give her the best chance mentally. You know, I actually said this on the show and then yeah. – 
you know, probably, you know, Joanna Jinchacek listened to the show and determined that she wanted to combat that and, and find a way to still get inside Rose's head without them doing all the promotion. So yeah. she did got right in her face and basically said that she had mental weakness and that she's soft. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, if you're going to say that to your opponent to mess with them, you got to accept like all the power to you. If that's, if that's what you, that's your strategy, but you got to accept that you're, doing bad guy stuff and now you're the bad guy and it's a real sport so but is she or is she just the tough guy i think you're the bad guy when you make those personal attacks like you don't come up to someone you're fighting and say your children are ugly or things like that you don't make like the historically uh uh fighters sometimes will say something that sort of alludes to uh the other fighter uh and like their father or mother the parents who like passed away uh, I think that happened recently and there's an apology and it's like, I didn't mean to touch on that. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm going to beat you up and I don't like you. It's, you know, I think this is a little personal and if you're going to say it, you have to own it and you have to accept that you're the bad guy and saying it. And that being said, if you have, if you're the one dealing with this, you, and you're fighting and you want to be held to the same standard as everyone else you might have a harder road than anyone else and you might have to overcome that that issue on your own and you might have to overcome that issue when other people keep bringing it up but like, in a shoot sport shouldn't you be allowed to shoot on somebody yeah that's what i'm saying like if you're in a shoot sport if someone says you're broken you're mentally not as tough as the rest of us because of because of your history you need to be able I to mean, still you, you need to be able to stand up to that in the ring still or in the octagon You've got like Yoel Romero burning, you know, Bisping's flag, and you've got these yeah. guys, you know, saying all this other. I don't know. I. It's hard though, because some of that's fantastical and over the top, and not as personal. You know, like you're burning a flag that gets you mad, but that's also like you're being a cartoon. Well, look, everybody wants it to be Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor is like the best pro wrestling promo cutter of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Because he can just go out there and talk smack and have it be funny and entertaining and still be a little on the mark and a little out of control. But then these guys start talking smack and they're on the mark. And it's like, you know, this shoot thing and people get offended and whatnot. Like, I don't know. Personally, I think it's fair game. Uh, I think it's genius on Joanna Champion's side because I think it's actually going to work. You know, and I love Rose Namajunas. She's one of my favorite fighters out there. She has been for a long time, ever since she did that flying arm bar. Uh, she did like a flying arm bar submission in Invicta for like her second fight or something. And, you know, I've known her boyfriend, Pat Berry, for a billion years. Coolest dude in the universe. But at the same time, she is actually a little bit broken and she's a little bit susceptible to these kind of things. Yeah. But it could also fire her up. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. I think that that's what Joanna Champion's going for is to get Rose riled up so that she doesn't fight a fair fight. I think we'll find after the fight that Joanna apologizes for it and says she's sorry, but, you know, all's fair in love and war, and this is definitely war. Yeah. So we'll see. I just thought it was interesting. Um, but that fight's in two weeks. This weekend's card is kind of a dud. I think uh, what Brunson and Machida's on there and a couple other things, not, not the most exciting UFC card. Um, and it's kind of like what's been going on with WWE. It's like, there's a fight every week. So who gives a crap? Like this weekend, we got Derek Brunson versus Machida. You got Damian Maya versus Colby Covington. 
and uh, Munoz versus Font, Trinaldo versus Jim Miller, who I think is close to a record number of fights in the UFC or something crazy. And everything after that is probably a guy that you don't know unless you watch as much fighting as I do. Um, it's kind of lame. I just feel like the top two fights from this card should just be on the pay-per-view the next week. Like, they got to stop doing this. But, you know, next week I'll, I'll give you a little bit of my UFC 217 preview, and that's the good one. That's Bisbing versus St. Pierre. That's Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. That is Joanna Jacek versus Rose Namajunas. Uh, you got Wonderboy Thompson versus Jorge Masvidal, also a great fight. You got uh, Johnny Hendricks versus Borashinha, and pretty much what will be Hendricks' last-ditch effort to do anything in this sport. So that'll be interesting. Uh, the Texecutioner versus Duffy. You got There's good fights, man. Um, that card is freaking stacked, and uh, this week's card is not. So... <laughs> If you like fighting, uh, wait a week, and there'll be mo- there'll be some good stuff. All right, you guys got anything to add? Or should we get out of here? I hope everyone enjoyed the lost episode. Yeah, um, I'm actually I'm I'm very curious. This is very uh, we've been waiting. I'm excited actually, and I'd love to hear if you, if uh, you guys could send feedback because we're not able to do the chat or anything uh, the YouTube thing live. Uh, please tweet at us what you think because. We did this over a year ago. We've been really, really excited about it. And we've been waiting a long time. So we hope you like it. We hope that we don't... I don't know. I don't know what we said. You're really worried about what you've said. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you have to be worried. Because at this point, if there was something to be worried about, people will have already heard it. And you'll just be sounding like a moron. Just own that shit. I meant everything I said on that tape back then, damn it. Jimmy, thank you as always yeah. for uh, subbing in for our colleague Casey, who can never do Thursdays. Of course. Um, if anyone happens to be at LA Comic Con this weekend and you see me there, feel free to say hi. Maybe we'll talk shop. By shop, I mean just being marks and talking wrestling. Uh, at this point, I also want to uh, mention that uh, Michael Kingston from Headlock Comics will make, be making a a uh, really quick stop at LA Comic-Con. He'll be at the WrestleCrate booth. Uh, I believe that is booth... B-O-O-T-H. That is how you spell it. Uh, the WrestleCrate booth will be at, uh, will be number 2150. He'll be there on Saturday from 1 to 3. And congrats to him. He actually just uh, had a little Twitter exchange with The Rock trying to get that comic book off the ground. So kudos to him. But yeah, that's all I got. (laughs) What about you, Byron? Say something positive or nice or at least halfway intelligible. Oh, way too high expectations. Uh, I'm in New York for another two weeks and then I go back to work in Florida where I am going to have a lot of fun. But uh, I'm looking forward to um, buying Lucha Underground licensed merchandise when season four comes back and hopping on planes and seeing people in the temple on crazy jam-packed weekends. And I promise I am on top of what is going on with season four. There's just not quite anything to say. There's things going on, but there's nothing that can be said about these things yet. Uh, I'm actually in Minneapolis right across from First Avenue. It's right next door, actually, which is kind of interesting. So I'm going to go see if there's a Prince impersonator somewhere down the street. 
And until Ooh, purple, next time, stay purple, calm. purple rain, purple rain, purple rain. They're in Vegas. They're uh, in Vegas, and you messed up the outro again. Another one, Jimmy, help me out. Oh, purple Rain is the best Prince cover band. I'm not looking for the Jimmy. best one. I'm looking for one that's right here in Minneapolis. Let's go crazy. All right. Until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Stay in the mix.